All right, Ryan, uh, can I tell you right now how excited I am? I, I am excited to hear whatever you're excited about. People so, can hear the excitement please. in my monotone voice. Ryan, can I tell you how excited I am? And a little bit softer now. <laughs> and a little bit softer now. How dare you, Tina? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am super excited because today at... Well, we're recording. What what day are we recording on, Ryan? The it days is Friday are the twenty third, man. Friday, Friday June twenty third at ten forty five a.m. today. Oh, okay. I purchased two tickets to the U two Joshua Tree concert at Dude. Cardinal Stadium in Glendale, gorgeous Glendale, Arizona. <laughs> Dude, you know, if for those who listen to the riffs and the licks, yes, I love metal. I love fire. Had a great power metal episode this last week. Everyone tune in, listen to that one. U2 is my favorite band of all time. I yeah. just like anybody who speaks ill of Star Wars, you speak ill of Bono. I will fist fight you to the bloody end in the streets. Just kidding. I won't take it that far. (laughs) You're you're coming after him. Bono is charitable. You'll know he's charitable. Yeah. You see this. (laughs) (laughs) He loves people. You'll listen. You'll You'll listen listen to to him as I beat you senseless. Uh, (laughs) So it's the 30th anniversary of the Joshua Tree. Yeah, it is. And whether you like you two or not, and hey, you know, I'm not going to try to convert the masses. If you don't like you two, that's cool. Uh, that being said, even the most jaded of music listeners has to recognize the cultural impact that the Joshua tree had, not just on music, but radio video. You two had been a band long before that album ever came out, but that's just what like just shot him into right. Yeah. Superstardom. And, uh, it's the 30th anniversary of the album. Uh, it's one of probably not my favorite U2 album, uh, but it's easily would be the number two or number three slot. And this is the 30th anniversary is the Joshua tree tour. And the album of course has been re-released on vinyl on CD and you know, they're making a big thing out of it. And in this tour for the first time ever, they're playing the entire album live. From the back, from the first album or from the first song to the last. And then, of course, they'll play, you know, other songs, of course, because the Joshua Tree is only about 42 minutes in length. It's really not a you would think it would be a long album, but it's really not. And then, of course, they'll play, you know, myriad of their other hits as well, too. And in a U2 show usually goes about two and a half hours. I mean, they they play. I mean, they're there to to be a part of, you know, the whole experience right i mean you're gonna get your money's worth so anyway when this tour was announced there was nothing for phoenix and that really frustrated me because bono has said and the band has said numerous times they love coming to phoenix they love coming to arizona in fact Hmm. if you pick up a movie called rattle and hum u2 rattle and hum that came out in the late 80s the biggest portion of the movie uh, that's in color takes place at Sun Devil Stadium uh, when they were filming the Rattle and Home yeah. movie. And okay. uh, they have always had this incredible soft spot for Arizona. They've always loved coming here. 
And for them not to like come to Phoenix on this big tour, dude, I was like really bumming. I was like, how does this happen? Right. Especially the, especially the Joshua tree tour. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's a big one. And I mean, and they're going to football stadiums for this and you know, they're, they're playing in the Rose bowl. Well, they already, they've already done the Rose bowl and in uh, LA, but you know, this is football stadium size. And cause yeah. you know, there's only a handful of bands left these days. They can say, Oh, well we're going to play at a football stadium and fill it. Right. And, and you too, like I said, whether you like them or not, yeah. they are a band that can do that. And yep. so, dude, I was just kind of bummed. I was like, man, that really just, that stinks. And you know, it's like, you know, it's like, well, it's happening right in the middle of the football season. And, you know, obviously the Cardinals play at Cardinal Stadium. Durr. And so uh, I was just like, well, dude, I guess they're not going to be. Can we, co- borrow, can we borrow the stadium for a night? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so I was just like, well, I guess they're not they're not coming. And, you know, Joanne yeah. and I entertained the thought of doing a road trip to L.A. to go see it there because they're actually playing. They were going to play two nights at the Rose Bowl. Yeah, that's and like six hours. So, I mean, that's a day trip. It's a day trip. And I mean, we're just like, holy cow. You know, it's like, ugh. but by the time that concert ends, man, you're staying the night for sure. Oh, yeah. There would be no driving back. You know, just just yeah. a quick, a quick jaunt to L.A. to watch a <laughs> four hour show. Yeah, with, <laughs> with, and Beck is opening for you, too. So I'm sure he's going to oh, put on wow. a lengthy set as well. Yeah, I'm actually really looking forward to seeing Beck live. That's yeah. not something I've seen before. So anyway. You know, just was kind of like, well, you know, it's just not going to happen. And Monday morning, found out from a coworker, called me out. They're like, John, if you're such a big U2 fan, how come you don't know their tickets go on sale Friday? And I was like, what? I'm like, shut up. I said, dude, if you're lying to me, I will weep uncontrollably. Like, no, man, they just announced it. Jumped on Ticketmaster's website. Sure enough, they said tickets go on sale Friday morning. 10 o'clock a.m. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Can I just tell you that I ended up having to buy the tickets on my iPhone. Uh, the the website just went like kablooey bonkers. When you're refreshing like five oh computers my God. And finally, I just grabbed my phone. I was like, forget this. I already had the Ticketmaster app, uh, you know, in, installed. I just bought them there. And so anyway, I, we got our tickets to the Joshua Tree Tour. Dude, dude, I am so excited, man. I am That's so incredible. It is, man. It, it is going to be in the span of uh, about a month and a half. I will have uh, on August 4th, Rex Diamond and I will be seeing Metallica at, yeah. at Cardinal Stadium. And then the following month will be you too. At Cardinal dude, Stadium, dude. Nice. And not to, you know, and there will be a couple Cardinals games in there. So I'll be visiting Cardinal Stadium quite a bit here in the next few months. But man, dude, it's, uh, was super excited. I text Joanna. I'm like, I said, got our tickets. We're in. Uh, and she's, she was pumped. She's excited. So nice. My day started out really good today and <laughs> just like it it did man there nothing was derailing it i was like man i got my tickets to the joshua tree tour and you know what's really cool about about you two and we can move on to other stuff here like i said i'm not trying to convert the masses but when you look at like longevity of a band yeah and you know and you have your favorite bands i have my favorite bands we've got a lot sure. of bands that we love in common many of them don't have the same members that they had when they first started i mean that's a pretty right. rare thing i mean not even the rolling stones were able to keep 
the same lineup intact, right? The yeah. Beatles did. They just eventually just all hated each other and just quit making music and, you know, went on their way. Yeah. But like, you know, Paul didn't try to continue the Beatles or John Lennon didn't try to continue the Beatles. You uh, two hit same four members throughout their entire existence, which is pretty freaking cool. And yeah. when I think of a lot of bands that, you know, can kind of plug and play people and you don't really miss a beat too much. That is one band that whether it's Bono edge, Adam Clayton, Larry Mullen jr. It's just one of those, you take one of those guys out of that unique mix. It's not the most complex music in the world. There's no question. They'll even tell you Bono has joked several times, man, dude, if I don't know how we got famous playing three chords, but you know, we just kind of did, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so they know, they know they're in on it. Um, but you know, you take anyone out of that band, it just, it doesn't work. Right. This yeah. doesn't work. And so super excited. Listen to some live U2 on my way home. Just getting myself geeked for this show in September. That's so yeah, man. Dude. Yeah, dude, I'm feeling really good. It's going to be tough to, to deflate that balloon until we start talking about Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> and there it is. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm going to get all sad. <laughs> <laughs> looks like, looks like I'll be hunting the show for, <laughs> for this moving forward because John is John's head's on his desk. I don't know if he's coming back up. Just put just put my headphones on the on the microphone and walk away. <laughs> Perfect. I'll be back in a little bit. <laughs> oh man. Well dude I'm I'm really I'm excited for you man because that is that is pretty incredible. I know how big of a YouTube fan you are so it's it's you know, I know that's going to be huge for you for sure. And in fact, you don't have to travel anywhere. It's even better. So, well, it's a, turf. yeah, it's a little bit of a drive from where we live here in Santan Valley to yeah. Glendale, Arizona. It's about an hour and 15 minute drive. Uh, yeah. So, but that's not a big deal. I mean, when you're going somewhere that you're excited to be at, you just don't even yeah. really think about it. You're just like, okay, whatever, man. We're just focused on that destination. Yeah. I saw uh, Foo Fighters there. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was a few years ago. They're another one that can pack a football stadium is definitely the Foo Fighters. Absolutely. Yeah. It was a good show, man. Well, I mean, it was a good show when the Foo Fighters got on stage. Uh, I didn't really like the two openers. I think it was like Rise Against or no. Rise or Against? Rise, open for Foo Fighters? Rise Against and then Surge Tankian. Uh, oh, who, from, from uh, System, System of a Down. Yeah, but he did his own like thing, and he's Which dude, nobody's that guy asking so for. <laughs> <laughs> nobody dude, wants no that. Yeah, no nobody. It. Nobody. So, he was so far up his own rear end. We, Lauren and I literally like we just said, "Cool, let's take a walk." Like we just walked out of the show and just took a lap around the stadium until we heard silence, and then we went back and found our seats again. Like it was. It was pretty incredibly bad. I, I did not enjoy the opening acts at all. But Rise Against, that is a odd pairing with Foo Fighters. I'm pretty sure it was Rise Against. It was it was one of those like angsty punk bands. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah. If that's Rise Against, then that's that's who they are. And, and you know, I, mean, I don't know if I had necessarily have anything against their music. I just was excited for Foo Fighters. And so... <laughs> well yeah dude when you're like you know you've ordered up the world's juiciest steak and you know that's excuse me yeah. as, I, as i readjust here we we'll get away from the mic for a second when you're or when you've ordered up you know a, a super juicy steak and the stuff that you're getting before the steak is like dried asparagus and <laughs> 
<laughs> cold, love me some, love cold me some mashed potatoes, but not uh, yeah. just wilted, just mean <laughs> cold mashed potatoes. Yeah, it, it can feel that way. That's you know very similar to how Rex and I felt, uh, you know, before a perfect circle, and we had these. Oh, that's weird right. Yeah, that goth, weird goth band, dance band, EDM <laughs> Satanists. You don't know me because you can't see me because you can't feel me. Six, six, six. I mean, just. <laughs> Dude, I, listen, I did listen to the show and I heard you just going for it. I'm just like, well, John, really? I guess, I mean, he must be rocking that album occasionally. Like, you know what? I haven't heard in a minute. That weird EDM Satanist band. I, you know, I don't even <laughs> think we need to spin that. I don't even know. I don't like, even, I can't even remember their name, dude. It's just, it was so forgettable. Uh, who they all were. I remember was, is the, if the, if the most quality like star you can pull into your music video is Kat Von D, then I don't, <laughs> you know, like, dude, we're flying high. Guess who we got? Who'd we get? Kat Von D. Yeah, dude. Apparently the tattoo girl from the television yeah. <laughs> cable show. Yeah, she used to shack oh, okay. up with yeah, she used to shack up with Nikki Six from from Motley Crue. Surprise, surprise there. Uh yeah. Um dude, I cannot remember those guys' names, but uh yeah, with Surge though from System of a Down, you know, it has been twelve years since a System of a Down album. Yeah. And I loved I really did, man. I really everybody, liked System of a Down. Everybody loved Toxicity. Everybody loved it. It was a great. It was a great album. Their first album was good too. I I enjoyed them. I enjoyed them as a band. I thought they were cool, man. I, I really did. But yeah, and something happened, he, man. He, they just kind of went sideways. Not really sure did that what solo the deal stuff, is. and it's just like weird. Well, you know, I know this isn't an extension of Saucy Riffs, but it it's uh, I mean, it's, it's a classic example, man. That you know, when you when you get a band that is, I think when they get like successful like really fast right i mean you're gonna have bands that like earn the stripes before they get before they get famous right and Mm -hmm. and the music industry is littered with it right i mean yeah you know we're just talking about metallica metallica just didn't start out selling you know thirty thousand seat arenas okay i mean they just Dude, I mean, they were playing like the dingiest of the dingies yeah, and the basements and, and yeah, the garages. And, absolutely. And, you know, and relying yeah. on uh, bootleg, you know, Sony Walkman cassette recordings of their shows, you know, yeah. being swapped. And, uh, you know, like you two, Metallica can be a polarizing band. They're lovers, they're haters, they're in betweens. You can't argue the success. And, you know, they earned and, to the point where they can play like a 70,000 seat football stadium, you know, but sure. like with system of a down, it, it, it was almost as if like, it was just boom, you know, the success came fast and hard and they were just everywhere. And I'm with you and I enjoy their music quite a bit. Yeah. It, but man, it just, it was a classic example of just all of a sudden, you know, surge is like, Oh, okay. Look, everyone must be listening to it just because of, you know, my unique singing style. And that was definitely a part of it. But I well, mean, yeah, he had a, he had a good, he had an interesting voice. It was kind of interesting to listen to interesting but, delivery. Uh, the way it, yeah, it, man. the way his cadence worked with the music. I mean, it was, it was all just an interesting blend and it was, it, it was all great because of the sum of its parts, right? Not just because of, you know, right. surge. And so, uh, man, it just, it's almost as if, dude, if they were to do another album, it's like, would people even be like, oh my gosh, yeah, System of a Down. It's like, man, the longer you're away from that, 
especially these days where, you know, yeah. radio doesn't count for diddly squat anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, yeah, that's funny though, dude. But uh, yeah, Cardinal Stadium, two great shows coming up this summer in uh, yeah, Metallica man. and U2. Oh, dude, I can't wait, man. We'll be spending a lot of money on concert shirts and yeah. all that. Yeah. <laughs> Gee whiz. And then, you know, $12 beers. So <laughs> make sure you have a couple of those. Well, the cool thing is, is Rex usually offers to buy the beers at a concert. So. <laughs> it, it's, it's I don't know why I find that so funny. <laughs> I just cry, I'm cracking myself up. <laughs> you can, you can, He's going to listen to this show and be like, oh, wait a minute. Wait a He's second. right. <laughs> Guess who's buying the beers at the Metallica show, John? Oh, well, you know, <laughs> well, it was funny when him and I still saw Rex. Rex will still do it. <laughs> when him and I saw Alter Bridge uh, earlier this yeah. year, it was funny because after uh, Nonpoint uh, played, we, we yeah. went back to the bar and got a couple of, of drinks and uh, he bought the first round. I was like, dude, the second round's on me. He goes, okay, cool. I said, do whatever you want, man. And so he ordered a shot of Jaeger a okay. a um a blue moon and i got a jack and coke uh 42 bucks for, for the second round for those three drinks <laughs> you're like he's like i'll get you i'll get you the water beer at that three dollars a pint you're like i'll buy next round 42 dollars <laughs> you have a steak, have a steak back there my buddy's buying. You have a steak. $42 for a Blue Moon, That's a shot of Jaeger, and a Jack and Coke. <laughs> what? That shot of Jaeger was like $12. It had to be like could have bought a Could have bought a bottle of Jaeger. <laughs> <laughs> could have thrown away a bottle of Jaeger for the cost of that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I wanted to share with every all the reasonableness my excitement for you too. Well, I'm sure. Hopefully, I'm sure everybody is excited for you, man. Because that no, that is really exciting, man. It's it, it. I know when I Lauren brought me to Foo Fighters, I know that that is one of my top. That's in my top five. And absolutely, it, absolutely, much, same same here, man. It, Foo Fighters it are punches amazing. at number one. So when uh when she brought me to that show, like that was uh that was a, that was just incredible. Like it was just an absolutely incredible moment. Well, so. dude, when it's when it's a a band that you really are invested in, and you go and you see them live, yeah. uh, it it is you know I mean let's get fanboy here. I mean it it is an emotional thing because yeah. you're you're emotionally tied to the music. It it speaks to you in a certain way other than Dave Grohl rocks. I mean there's right, yeah, which he does. Yeah. Dave Grohl does rock, but oh, cool. I mean there's something about the music, the lyrics that are speaking to you and where you're at in a certain moment or where you've been or sure. or it recalls yeah. a, a nostalgic memory. And then, you know, to hear those songs live and to sing those songs I mean, one of the greatest moments ever that I've had at a show uh, was the first time I did see you two, and yeah, you know, yeah. and, you know, and they're doing with or without you, oh, and geez. you know, you've got, and this was a smaller venue. This is about uh, a fifteen thousand seater, and you know, Bono stops and puts out the microphone, and we're all singing together. Nah, dude, that's rock and roll. Yeah, right, and 
uh, that's that's about as close to a like spiritual moment, you know, outside of a church, you know, that you can yeah, right. get, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so when we saw them on their 360 tour, uh, speaking of you two at Cardinal Stadium, man, it was about five or six years ago. Uh, Black Eyed Peas open for them. Thoroughly enjoyed that. I don't. Yeah. I, I'm not going to be the first one to line up for a Black Eyed Peas headlining <laughs> okay. tour. That's uh, no, but yeah, yeah. Uh, interesting pairing, right? Black Eyed Peas and U2. And I they, remember that. I remember that tour. Now that you mentioned, yeah, that. and, and they the even joked thing. about it when they went out there. And you yeah. know, Will I Am? You know, he was like, he said, yeah. He goes, here we are. You know, the Black Eyed Peas and U2. And just kind of stood there, like kind of looking awkward. And he's like, we're digging it. And everybody just all of a sudden just kind of went crazy. And, and they put on an amazing show and you've got like, you know, all these U2 fans, you know, jumping up and down to black eyed peas and having a really great time. And they put on an amazing show. Uh, but yeah, I mean, in that 360 tour, you know, you know, Bono comes out and, and, you know, they're, they're doing their songs and, you know, you know, one of their big hits is pride, uh, in the name of love is the name of the song pride in parentheses in the name of love, which is a song about Martin Luther King jr. And Jesus Christ, a uh, very cool song. Yeah. And the chorus, you know, he just puts out the mic and his, you know, rock star pose like, okay, you know, everyone, your turn to sing. And you've got, you know, close to 70,000 people singing <laughs> this song together. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a pretty amazing moment, you know? So, yeah. Uh, and I'm sure similar things happened at Foo Fighters, right? Because, I mean, they've got all these great songs that you can sing along oh, to sure. and have such incredible meaning. And yeah. here you are with complete strangers, 70,000 strangers, and you're singing these songs that are super important did, to you. Yeah, man. They did Hero Acoustic, completely acoustic. Oh, wow. I bet that was just Like right in the middle. There was a big old long like walkway. Yes. So we got like right in the middle. Oh, And he so starts cool. just jamming. And then he goes right into Everlong, okay. like right after that. And then uh, in the middle of Everlong is he they extended out the bridge. And of course, like it gives everybody time to like get set. And then they hit that chorus right after the like the bridge, just yeah. full band. Oh, oh so good. Yeah. I'm oh, getting yeah. chills just thinking about that, dude. I bet that was a great dude, show, man. Too, dude. Like, Big it was time. a great show. Yeah, that is so great. <laughs> that is so great. So we have a, what show is this? Do we do we talk about comics here? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> what show are we doing today? You're in, you're listening to Saucy Riffs and Tasty Licks <laughs> with John Lemmings and Ryan O'Farrell. Meanwhile, Ryan's like, "Hey, what the hell?" <laughs> Wait, I'm not prepped. <laughs> I like music too. <laughs> yeah, what are they doing? Yeah, <laughs> I think we just completely emasculated Rex Diamond. No, no. <laughs> Oh no, you said me. You said my name. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like we just like Rex Diamond just got thrown out and now Rhino Farrell's in it. Saucy Aww, Rose. Yeah, he's not like, Rex. I'm not throwing away Rex. No way. <laughs> not Rex. Not not Rexy. Oh, okay, dude. Jeez. What the, what the hell are we doing? All right, man, let's talk some comic book stuff, dude. <laughs> we turned a, we hit the record Whoa. button and we just started. That's yeah, what happened. Yeah, right. <laughs> let's talk some comic books. Well, we've uh you know, I, I, not to bring it down. Um, <laughs> Nothing's bringing but, me down today, Ryan. No, Nothing's bringing, bringing me down. But I tell you, the uh, we we have not been together since uh, Adam West, and yes, I haven't been able to. I mean, 
there's been it seems like every time we come on there's something else going on in our in our entertainment industry you know we had Zack Snyder's family tragedy and we had to talk you know talking about that a few weeks ago now and um, it feels like Adam West was like right around the corner from all this and and yeah. uh, and I tell you there was a the outpouring of of absolute love that that I know I saw all over the the universe <laughs> essentially. Um, LA doing the the bat logo in the on the building that was class that was I mean I think you put it on our page right you said it was yeah, just classy movie yeah, I put man. it on the Twitter like, feed it was just a, it was super classy man it was just a way to remember him and I saw one there was one you know I usually don't get all worked up when I see uh, like artist renderings of you know especially when when people pass and stuff like that and you kind of uh, I know when when um, Carrie Fisher passed and they had a uh, they they had some Princess Leia memorabilia that one character was kind of passing to another. And there was a lot of drawings and like artist renderings of 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 her moving on, right? And none of those really got me. And there was but, but surprisingly enough, there was one picture that that got me a little got me a little choked up. I mean it was um it was every single Batman uh artist rendering of of artist drawing of every person who's played Batman. Um and they were holding one of the, the, I think it was, I think it was, I think it was Ben. I think it was Ben Affleck's Batman um, was picking up Adam West Batman. Mm. And it was just kind yeah. of holding him in that, like he was just kind of draped over his arms and all the Batman are standing behind him. And I'm like, and I, and you know, n- none of it usually like gets me in that way. I'm just like, cool, like great tribute, great tribute. And that was just kind of like, okay, <laughs> time, time to be a man. It hit me right in the field. Yeah, right. You're like, it was. That's so good. And I know there's, (laughs) I know, and there's, and I know we have a couple of fans of our show, and and I'm thankful for anybody who calls themselves a fan of our show. But um, I know that we had a couple people that were that I had a few texts actually come in, not just tweets or anything like that, but a few texts come in and uh, from from a fan, and it was, you know, I know uh, uh, he's Ronnie is a super fan of. that old Batman. And so I know that, uh, it definitely hit a lot of our community. It definitely hit our community super hard, but, um, just as a community, but it definitely affected others like me. I, I wasn't super affected, I guess in the same way I didn't grow up with it. So it didn't like hit me that, that well, but I know for a lot of our fans, like that's something that, that's something grew up with man. Like it was, that was Batman for a long time. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it was for me. I, you know, I was born in in seventy three, so you know, I wasn't watching you know <laughs> Batman first run <laughs> on yeah, TV, yeah. right? Uh, you know, it, it left the airwaves. I, I believe in nineteen sixty nine. I believe it was. Okay. Uh, so you know where I saw it was in in reruns. Uh, you know, like after school reruns. You know, you come home from from school, and you know, this yeah. is back in the day when you had you know. Uh, we're really going to take some people to school here, Ryan, is when okay. back before you had cable and satellite, right? You had two frequencies of television. You had VHS, VHF, VHF and UHF, and UHF yeah. right? Yeah. And UHF uh, was, <clears throat> best way you could equate it is very similar. It's like AM radio. Uh, it was a lower frequency, but it traveled farther. 
and it was a lot less expensive to be on the UHF bandwidth and whatnot. So a lot of local channels here uh, in Arizona, one of them was at the time channel 15, it was a UHF channel for a while, uh, showed Batman reruns like it, I think four from four to five in the afternoon, I think every day, something like that. So it was like two episodes. Each episode was, oh, nice. you know, with commercials yeah. was like 30 minutes. Right. And so that was, uh, you know, that was my Batman. Uh, you know, when you're a kid was, you know, Batman. And so, uh, nothing was cooler, you know, than the TV Batmobile, still a bad, a ride. It's so cool. Yeah. Everyone always will dig the Batmobile from the TV show. It just looks so freaking cool. Yeah. But you know, in, in yes, you know, let's, let's, you know, definitely not the dark night that people are used to <laughs> from yeah. from film and in the comic book page but when you look at where batman was at in the 60s it really wasn't too far off from what you saw in in print now it wasn't quite as you know cheese tastic that being said it it you know it spoke to a lot of people and i never viewed it and even as i got older and started reading Batman comics, and then, you know, you get the Tim Burton Batman, and then Christopher Nolan, and now you've got, you know, the DCEU Batman. I never once ever look back on that Adam West Batman stuff and go, oh, brother, what an embarrassment. It, it's a right. different, obviously, interpretation of Batman. But Adam West sure as heck made that fun to watch. And... yeah. It was a Batman that while the, the dialogue, you know, calling Robin, you know, old chum and you look at the suit, <laughs> you know, the spandex and he's got this paunchy gut and, you know, <laughs> not, not, not a man of the shadows by, <laughs> by any means. It's, it was still super fun. And Adam West had an, a, a great voice. I love to hear Adam West talk. Yeah. He had a great voice. Had this great yeah. voice, and he knew that he was in a show that was cheesy, but by gum, Ryan, he was going to make it work, and he made it work. And even the most jaded, unreasonable fanboy or fangirl, <laughs> we yeah. all love Adam West. And the fact that yeah. he was never embarrassed by that role. And he went on to do a number of other things. He just didn't do Batman. I mean, he was a well-accomplished actor. He did a lot of voice work. He did a lot of audiobooks when he got a little yeah. bit older in his life. He, he did uh, the narration for audiobooks. And seriously, who doesn't want to sit and listen to the, that smooth Adam West voice read you a book, right? I mean, come on. Yeah. But he never was embarrassed. Practiced all of his comedy chops and Family Guy as the mayor. Yeah, you right. Cohog. Yeah, right? absolutely. Year, for years he did. Yeah, he, he did mayor of uh, the Simpsons. He did voice work in that as well too. Uh, up until recently, both him and Burt Ward were voicing Batman and Robin uh, in an animated series based yeah. on the animated or based on the the Batman TV show. That's right. And yeah, very recently never embarrassed by that. And I, you know, there are so many times Ryan that, you know, when actors move on from maybe a little bit of a schlocky role, something that's a little bit cheesy, 
you don't really hear about that. Like Tom Hanks doesn't really talk about bosom buddies, a TV show that he did in the eighties, <laughs> yeah, right? right? Yeah. Where he, where he was a, where he cross dressed so he could live in an apartment at a cheaper rate. Uh, <laughs> it was a funny show, but how often it does. And, and this isn't disparaging Tom Hanks. I love Tom Hanks. He's a great actor. It deserve sure, it yeah. of all the awards he gets, right? Oh, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. he's a great guy. It's kind of one of those things. You don't like Tom Hanks. You're probably not an American type of thing. You know, uh, <laughs> it's like, who says they didn't like Tom Hanks, right? Everyone loves Tom Hanks. Uh, but you know, he doesn't sit down for an interview and someone goes, tell me yeah. about those days of bosom buddies. Right. right? Yeah. Uh, you could always ask Adam West about Batman and he would talk to you about Batman oh, yeah. and he wasn't trying to like, you know, live off the fame of that because he had had a great career after that. And the guy was, you know, in his eighties and still going to comic cons and still signing autographs and still taking pictures with fans. This was a guy who loved that role that he played and just could care less how silly he may have looked, how cheesy it looks by today's standards. He was, Batman for that time, just like Ben Affleck is the Batman for this time. Right. Adam West was just as great in that version of Batman as Affleck is in this version of Batman. And, and I will, I will argue anyone who says different (laughs) Adam West was Batman. It's just that simple. I think uh, whether, I mean, that's, that's the deal, whether you, because it, you know, you go back and watch the show with, with if you've never seen the show, you've never heard of the show, and you go and turn on an episode, you more than likely, I mean, it, it, it's it, it'd be weird to say you're an instant fan like immediately. It's like um, it's like coffee and beer. You will acquire yeah. a taste for it. You're gonna have to work yeah. at it a little bit. Yeah, there's it has its charm, and I think. But at the end of the day, though. Um, in the sixties and in the seven as as it rolled through its its time on the television. Only the only three seasons it, too. Only went yeah. only went three seasons, yeah. Wow. The one thing it did do was create fans. Mm-hmm. And so if anyone, you know, if like if if worst case is that man, that show was garbage, I hated it, I hated Adam West, I hated everything he did, it was terrible. At the end of the day, if you're listening to at least our show, you know that he created the fandom that it would take so that Michael Keaton could take on a role like that. So that Christian Bale could carry the torch forward, you know, even Val Kilmer and George Clooney, you know, like there's at the end of it, like at the end of it all, Adam West led that charge and he led that fandom forward. And so no, I don't think anybody thinks of, uh, uh, you know, when you think of Batman, you think of a lot of actors. Adam West is one of the first people that you're going to think of when you think of Batman. So yeah, and our hats off for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you are interested, uh, DC doesn't run it any longer. Uh, it, it, it's a series that has ended. Uh, you can get it in trade paperback form. It's called Batman 66. And it is, it is essentially the comic book follow up to the yeah, TV show. 
and yeah. it, it's drawn how Batman <laughs> looked in the show, how the Joker looked. In fact, it's kind they of did fun. that very recently, right? Yeah, and it, and what's yeah. really funny is uh, Sid Caesar, who played mm-hmm. the Joker on the TV show, and was actually a very cool Joker, not a very sinister Joker like you know a Jared Leto or Heath Ledger Joker. Yeah, not yeah we, that we've, dark. We've dipped into the psychopath, which yeah. he is. I mean, Joker yeah. is a psychopath. He is, and but. and there there is some of that in in Sid uh, Sid Caesar's. Uh, 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 portrayal uh, but what's funny is he refused to uh, shave his mustache yeah. and yeah, so, so mustache. yeah so you can see the the makeup you know over the mustache <laughs> even in the comics Luckily the cameras weren't weren't the you know 4k cameras so yeah. they couldn't tell that bad now but. that they've been upscaled to like 1080p remastered you can really see the mustache in there uh, but yeah. what's funny is the comics still kind of pay homage to that and he's got like you can see like these little whiskies they drew a little whiskers yeah <laughs> Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's really great. So, uh, in, in, in another little funny side note too, is, uh, you know, the Arkham, uh, series of video games, uh, which have yeah. been extremely popular, you know, and, and have had multiple, uh, skins that you can get for Batman, uh, in those games and anywhere from, you know, like the new 52 armor to the, to the, uh, Dawn of justice armor, the one that we had been asked for f- literally since the first one, which was Arkham Asylum, which came out in what, Brian, like 2008, 2009, something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, Asylum. Yeah, that was yeah, the first Batman for game. The, for the Xbox back. 360 and the, the PlayStation yeah. 3, uh, it was people wanted an Adam West uh, yeah. version of the suit yeah. which would look really funny because they've got a very you know buff looking batman and him running around it's a, yeah and it's a very dark game like yeah. you know it's like it's the modern batman it he's, is you know he's got the tragic past he's got yep. the, you know doesn't reflect that 60s batman at all but that's the thing though fans wanted to see know, him we know in our that batman suit. we yeah. want that batman no matter what and he's and, still a part of the lineage and what's funny is uh wb games uh didn't didn't do the Adam West. They uh, I think it was with Arkham uh, City. They did the what they referred to as the seventy seven Batman, which was the blue and gray with the yellow utility belt, yeah. uh, which was you know pulled from the comics and the the, the blue boots and everything, and which was yeah. fun to play as. But people are still like, okay, that's cool. We want Adam West. Batman. Yeah, man. And it wasn't until the last one, Arkham Knight, for the current, you know, uh, consoles uh, that they finally finally released an Adam West Batman skin, and it became one of the most downloaded DLCs for that game ever. Of course. I think they only charged like two bucks for it. And people were like, okay, it. there's, here's my $2. Yeah. I just want to yeah, play right. Batman in his Adam West you know, outfit in this Uber dark game. Yeah. <laughs> and here he is Big running old around yellow in, logo. Yeah. Like. He's running around in blues, tights, spandex, just, you know, busting guys in the head. <laughs> so there you <laughs> go, man. Run, it, it took running it, around in spandex. Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> Rachel. Yeah. Martha. Who'd you say? Martha. 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 <laughs> yeah, so definitely Adam West. Uh, rest in peace. Guys, if you haven't yeah. had a chance to watch the, the, the Batman TV show, 
uh, check your, your local listing. Seriously, it may be on a local channel because it still does kind of repeat. Yeah. Uh, if not, if you're not interested in the, you know, doing a lot of searching, you go to iTunes. It is available uh, seasons one, two, and three uh, for purchase from iTunes, from Amazon, Google Play, all of those services. DVD, I don't know if it's on Blu-ray. I could be wrong. I got the internet in front of me, but I'm not going to bother looking it up. But you guys know how to find it. Um, but yeah, you know, invest a little money. Don't pirate it. Don't be a loser and pirate it, yeah. uh, you know, buy it, download, because it is something worth keeping uh, because it's very cool, man. I mean, if you're a fan of comics, it's it's a huge, very similar to like the, the 70s era Wonder Woman TV series. It is completely influential in just the yeah. history of live action comic books. Yep, you you can't just dismiss it. And so check it out. Rest in peace, Adam West. It was a tough one to see go, man. Yeah. Our hats off, man. Well, I'm glad, uh, I know he was, you know, it's, it's sad to say, but you know, that's kind of what happens when, when we get older and, uh, diseases start hitting and yeah. you know, I'm, the only thing I'm happy about is that he's, you know, not in pain and, and not hurting anymore. Cause I know that those last, uh, well, yeah, I think he died of leukemia. So I think yeah, just, and, and yeah. from what we understand, I mean, you know, lived a very full life. Sound like there but was. He, I mean, he was Comic Coning it up till. That's what I'm saying, God, man. Yeah, you know, darn near last year, I think. I don't know, but so you know, it's uh, he'll always be remembered, man. Will always yeah. be remembered. Awesome part of this community. Fantastic. Well, <laughs> awkward silence there. Yep. Uh, uh, good night. <laughs> <laughs> You're the showrunner, man. Should, should I should I shift this? All right, shifting from I've Batman, notes and I totally and my, yeah, my dude, phone fell asleep. So, fa- <laughs> are we going to move into the inevitable? Let's talk Which about let's I, talk about some Wonder Woman stuff before we just like. Oh, okay. Yeah, we, we can gush over that some more. Heck yeah, dude! So Wonder Woman uh, <laughs> now officially is the highest grossing female directed movie of all time. Am I correct on that? Uh, yeah, that's what the that's well, what the that's what, the, that's that's what, what the news saying right is now. saying. <laughs> yeah. So if I get my if I get my uh, information from the news, then yeah, you're right. So um, yeah, yeah, go ahead, man. Yeah, with I mean, well, that's the, I mean, it's it's kind of a hard. It, that is, I guess it's, it doesn't come without its without its like tongue in cheek moments because it's still it is a superhero movie, mm-hmm. so you have you have a lot of pull there from a lot of things from, you know, when you talk about female directed, yeah. Um, a female director like directed a superhero movie and that wasn't the point, uh, of it. It wasn't just to have a female director direct a superhero. movie. Oh no, 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 no. And I, and I but, hope people know we're not trying to cast yeah. that cast wonder woman. No, in that no, no. Light. Okay. New. No. Um, but the fact of the matter is that there has been plenty of movies directed by men. I don't know about, I don't know any other superhero superhero movie directed by a woman right now. Um, maybe you know of one off the top of your head. I can't think of one. I, but, I don't I don't think there has been. Uh, but I that think. have just fallen flat on their faces and not oh, yeah. made any cash and, mm-hmm. you know, got squeaked right in and out of theaters and no one really cared. Um, but with this one, this one has made such an impact in almost every way, uh, you know, socially and culturally. Um, but other than aside from those things it just it was a good movie and i know you know we're that's our opinion on this show we love it we're going to talk about why we love it right but oh yeah i i stand behind i've seen it twice yeah Uh, i stand behind my a plus that is an a plus movie i stand behind it fully yeah 
And I think, and that's 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 kind of where we're, like I said, I guess that's where we're at. But I think it really had an impact. And I think one of my favorite pieces of the impact, and we didn't talk about it a ton, um, but we did, I did mention it uh, on our solo show or on my solo little, little blurb that I couldn't remember, you know, <laughs> big blue guy. So, <laughs> um, played by I, uh, Dr. Manhattan, portrayed by Kristen Stewart. Portrayed uh, by Kristen Stewart. Watchmen. Yeah. <laughs> Twilight, Watchmen's New Dawn. Um, <laughs> so, Twilight, part, Watchmen's part New Dawn. I love it. <laughs> we need a, if anybody is listening right now and can mock up <laughs> a poster oh, <laughs> with man. Dr. Manhattan and. Robert Pattinson. That's really what I want to see. Twi- <laughs> Doctor Manhattan, played by Kristen Stewart. Twilight snuggling up against the, the DCEU. <laughs> Twilight Watchmen's <laughs> New Dawn. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> That's what I want. That's that would make me. That would be it. That's that would make me happy. <laughs> what a what a what a trash name. <laughs> Watchmen's <laughs> New Dawn. Just part one. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so. <laughs> I kind of lost where I was going there. <laughs> oh, I mentioned. I don't know what I was, dude. I lost. I don't know what I was talking okay, about. Okay, uh, Wonder Woman. You know the cultural impact. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the social, the social and cultural impact. Um, here in Austin, uh, they had an all female produced showing of Wonder Woman here at the Alamo Draft House. They uh it was uh for two nights and they or it was no for one night for two showings and it was down at one theater downtown and it was called the Ritz and they only have like one or two actual like theaters in that <clears throat> in that setup. Um it's kind of an older building that they really repurposed and did a good job with. It looks great. So they said, hey, you know, we're gonna have fun with this. They're a it's a publicity. I mean, honestly, hands down, it's a publicity stunt and it's marketing and it's brilliant. Um, we're going to have an all woman casting and all woman produced. And if you identify as a woman, you are welcome in like that's, we're going to have, it's all female. So let's go. And <clears throat> they took that and ran with it and it sold out in seconds on their website. Like it was just a me almost immediately sell out. Then, after it got attention, you know, obviously then it got attention. There was some misogynist D bag that decided to write the mayor of Austin. And I hope everybody got a chance to at least look this up or read it. Do you think that was a real letter or do you think it was just someone being tongue in cheek? I honestly think it was a real letter. Okay. Cause, cause I, I read the letter online yeah. and it's absurd. Oh, and you're being too kind by yeah. using the word absurd. Well, you know, we run a family friendly show. Yeah, that's right. So, so anyway, so he writes this letter. He, he, uh, you know, calls out how it's a disgrace and this and that. And, and I loved our, you know, being a, not a resident of Austin, but I, I live a little more North of Austin, but being in the area, um, it made me really happy to hear our mayor, the mayor's response. And it was very tongue in cheek. It was, you know, it was pretty classy. Um, at first he warned the guy about being hacked because surely no one would think that way. And surely no one would have this, this yeah. absurd elementary view of it. And I just loved how he just killed him with kindness the entire time. It spoke wonderfully of our, of the city and I'll call it our city. One spoke wonderfully of our city and really backed up what Alamo was doing. So, 
after that, after after the whole attention grab, um, every other Alamo and every other city, um, I think most of the cities actually decided to run uh, just like that. They decided to throw up, they blocked off one of the showings. They said, this is our showing, you know, and we're more than happy to kind of copycat. So uh, all the Alamos after that kind of copycatted the whole movement, which I thought was great. Um, and then, of course, the protesters show up because protesters have something to do. And they were tossing like female hygiene products at like all the oh, moviegoers. And it's, you know, <laughs> this oh, brother, this culture, and I'm, and I, this is kind of as I circle back around, that's exactly why we need more of it. Like, that's why we need this movie. That's why we need that reaction. That's why we need this type of publicity. That's why we need this type of marketing is because, yeah, that's that garbage still exists of, of neck beards crawling out of their dungeons, you know, just to harass somebody for w- wanting to watch a movie. Like, and that's really what it boils down to. These, these people were in line to go watch a movie and, and no one could fi- no one like you had a certain subset of people that were just like, I am angry. I am angry at you because you want to go watch a movie. (laughs) Well, you know, yeah, Ryan. I I mean, it's, you know, living in a, in a, boy, we're going to, we're so boxing here. That's all right. Uh, You know, when we're, when we live in an era where everyone, well, I don't want to say everyone, where people are looking to be offended. They want to be offended and they want to be angry. And sadly, the internet has allowed us collectively as people yeah, uh, to be cowardly. And we can sit behind our keyboards and say whatever we want behind a pseudonym, a screen name. Sure. Yeah. And the art of the conversation and the art of disagreement has been lost. You know, we use Twitter, you know, for our show. We're not going to have a conversation with a listener via Twitter because you really can't convey anything in 24 letters or less. You can't have you get 140 characters to define. Yeah exactly what you want to say yeah and that's and what's tough about that and i don't want to cut you off man but the stuff about that is like you get 140 characters to to be misunderstood yeah and part of what i think the problem is and again we're, we're not going to get political here uh, we understand that we've got listeners on both sides of the fence so i'm, I'm not going to go there what i think a lot of it has to do is this perceived forced feminist view that's being forced on you. I, I don't, I don't really understand that. I, I read wonder woman comics. I went and saw wonder woman with my 10 year old son and then date night the next night with my wife, Joanna, who absolutely loved it. Loved it. Not because Wonder Woman is a woman. Because Wonder Woman was a hero. And was strong. And brave. And compassionate. And noble. But yet vulnerable. 
And it was just a damn good story. (laughs) Is what it was. It was just a damn good story. That's right. And Ryan, what I think a lot of the problem is when we talk about the neckbeards is unfortunately in the, in the medium that we love, which is comic books, there are far too many who simply want their female characters to have big boobs, big guns, no brains, tight clothes, and that's it. I think that has, well, I don't think I know that has a lot to do with it. And here you have wonder woman and right now her run in rebirth reasonable I'm telling you, if you're not reading wonder woman, you're doing yourself a disservice. It is tremendous. And I'm not saying that because we're bandwagoning on this great movie that came out. It is a fantastic read. And if you're not reading it, do yourself a favor even just buy a couple individual issues, pick up your iPad, your Android tablet, whatever. You don't have to make a run yeah. to the comic store. Just pick three up three bucks. Just, yeah. Just buy a couple issues. And what do you lose? You know, the, the, the cost of a latte from Starbucks. Okay. That's what you've lost. It is amazing writing and amazing storytelling. And like each page is just panels. I mean, there are very few splash pages going on. It's like panels and you're yeah. reading and it's great. Yeah. And when I watch Wonder Woman, yes, Gal Gadot is a very attractive young lady. Young, well, <laughs> young lady. She's a, she's a woman for crying out loud. Yeah, right. She's very attractive. There's no question. The camera loves Gal Gadot, and rightfully so. There is so much more than just that. Yeah. And Diana is a is a woman on in paper that is drawn to be very beautiful. She's the daughter yep. of a Greek God for crying out loud. So of course she's going to have amazing beauty to her, but Ryan, I'm with you, man. I, I just, I tire about stuff with this and a good friend of ours, uh, LC Lawrence, uh, yeah. actually posted on his Facebook page, yeah. him wearing wonder woman socks. Yeah, dude. And uh, very cool socks. They're you know knee-high socks that he pulled up. And they're socks for men. These aren't like girl socks, right? There's a difference between the two in terms of like, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. material and whatnot, right? He wasn't wearing pantyhose or anything like that. But he <laughs> was <laughs> wearing Wonder Woman pantyhose. I tell you, if anybody could pull off Wonder Woman pantyhose, LC. It'd could be LC, but those fine, finely uh, toned legs. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, he was wearing Wonder Woman socks. And he, it was just a, a picture. Uh, I'm assuming his girlfriend took the picture of the socks and he, he, yeah, and, he and he asked a legitimate question. He says, why am I being made fun of wearing these? That's unbelievable. Yeah. Why and, would you get made fun of wearing those? Yeah. James asked me a couple days ago. He's like, he's like, dad, could I wear a wonder woman hat? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, dude. You kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> dude, awesome. She rocks. Of course. Yeah. I said, dude, I said, we roll in the comic book store and you got enough allowance money and you want to buy a wonder woman ball cap or a wonder woman sticker. I'm not going to tell you no. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, man. She's legit. She's a great hero. She's a superhero on, on the same level as all the others. Yeah. They call it the Trinity for a reason. Uh, yeah. Right. So, yeah, dude, it, it's just it, it really is embarrassing that that it, it, in this day and age that, you know, people just think it's like this again, this forced 
feminism. And, and I don't understand that. I, I didn't, I didn't walk away from that movie going, Oh my gosh, what an empowering movie for women or saying, Oh my gosh, what a wake up call for Neanderthal men. Uh, I walked out of that going, that was an incredible superhero movie and everybody, superhero movie. and everybody yeah. should go see it. Yeah. Everybody should be seeing this movie right now. And, and it had nothing to do with the lead character being female. Majority of the characters being female that, you know, for almost the first flipping 30 minutes of the movie, it's just it's an amazing superhero movie, great, and great, if you're a, a fan, movie. and if you're a fan of good action in superhero movies, go see this. Why are you talking about it? Go see it because it's awesome. Yeah, man. And just you know, unfortunately, Ryan, it's just there. There are just going to be people who are going to be uh, just butts because they can be butts, and there's yeah. nothing funny. There is nothing funny about throwing feminine hygiene products at people who are standing in line to see a movie. That is, that is, that's, that is so beyond just being stupid that, you know, I'm quite honestly, man, I'm surprised someone didn't get hurt. Yeah, I don't, it may have, I, you know, I got, I, uh, read some of that story and I, I honestly just, got too sick to read the rest so i did i i kind of just read some of that and just kind of bounced out i was like you know what i'm uh, just uh dude, hey I, dude i'm telling you man dude i don't know it, if i have an obligation to read it just to talk about it on the show or not but i just you know what no well you know dude i'm, I'm not a violent guy i mean you know that I, I'm, I don't walk around looking for trouble and any of that mess <laughs> i'm gonna be 44 in a couple weeks for god's sake but you know dude i'm if i'm standing in line with my bride and we're we're excited to go see wonder woman and you know, some jerk face, you know, throws a, a tampon or a maxi pad. And me and my wife are standing in line to see yeah. Wonder Woman. Uh, we're going to have some words. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's just disrespectful. It's disrespectful. It's disgusting. It's it's really disgusting. It's uh, and so anyway, man, like, I don't I, we want to keep dwelling on it. With but, that. <laughs> uh, you know, for, the, for those that were doing it, if you happen to be one and you're listening to this show. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Number one thing. But shame hit, on you. Yeah, hit the subscribe <laughs> button. Um, but shame on you. And shame, 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 shame. And if yeah. you know someone who did that, uh, be a good friend. Seriously, be a good friend and talk to them about how awesome it is that we are seeing great comic book movies in the theater. And Wonder Woman was one of them. Yeah. And in our opinion, we're going to hold this hold to this opinion it set a new bar for yeah, for man. both companies both marvel and dc it set a sure new did. bar and sure yeah man i don't want to keep going on that i don't want to tire our let's, listeners let on me that. lighten it up a little bit then. yeah let's lighten it up all right i want to lighten it up just a little bit then uh because it's just been like <laughs> let's talk heavy. about its money it's you can talk story. about its money uh no actually oh, okay. uh well we can but not <laughs> no john um okay <laughs> no, no we can definitely can't. next item on the list <laughs> <laughs> i uh we got him we got some fan mail uh from from uh mr greg uh who decided to listen to our wonder woman show and and wrote in a little bit which i really obviously love hearing from you man and um you always have a really cool breakdown and you always catch some things that uh, I, we always seem to either miss or we caught too. And we love sharing that with you. So thanks for writing in. Um, we did, and you may have caught this your second viewing uh, on, on woman, wonder woman, but he did have a correction for our show 
on our Wonder Woman show. Oh, that, I, that oh I, by the way, I have a correction I need to make, too. Sure, sure. Yeah, but go ahead. Go, go with Greg's. All right, so he, uh, he definitely caught us. He definitely caught us, uh, you know, with our hand in the cookie jar um, on this one. So there was uh, the moment where we totally kind of called out. It uh, doesn't make any sense why uh, I forgot her name. The assistant to... Eddie can't, Eddie can't, eh, Eddie. <laughs> Etta Candy. Etta. Etta, not um, Eddie Etta Candy. candy. Etta Eddie, Candy. Eddie, yes. Eddie Candy. Eddie Candy. <laughs> Eddie, Eddie Mr. Goodbar. <laughs> um, so, but Etta Candy. So she, she apparently says a line that I missed when thinking about the movie again. Uh, but she says, as he walks in the door, we thought you were dead until I got your call. So oh, okay. There, so we had mentioned it doesn't make any sense like why all of a sudden she's there like and then they do the the you know the dress performance of Correct, you know because yeah. it's super important to do yeah. that um but they did fashion show we did lunch. kind of call out the fact that well that doesn't make any sense like she just like all of a sudden they sent a pigeon ahead like what happened <laughs> um but no in fact steve did call ahead told okay. probably told her that they're going to be meeting there so that totally makes sense so correction thank you greg thank for you calling greg us yes no i didn't catch that on my second viewing i did not catch yeah, that so yes thank you greg yeah. very much it was really really good to see that so thanks thanks for that so that's that's his correction on wonder woman so what was yours what was your uh well one of the things that i nitpicked a little bit and again you know if when you go back and listen to our wonder woman uh recap we didn't nitpick much uh about it but you know yeah. as with every comic book movie you know we like to say there are corn nuts that get spilled around uh one sure. thing that i that i nitpicked a little bit was uh why uh steve trevor who, by the way, we didn't really give Chris Pine a lot of love in that Wonder Woman episode. He, he was fantastic oh. as yeah. Steve Trevor. He really was. Great uh, pick. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a fan of Chris Pine. I, I have thoroughly enjoyed his run as Captain Kirk. I know a lot of people are kind of like, mm. I, I thought his Kirk was, was really great. Thought he was perfect casting in this movie as well, too. Yeah. Ladies love him. Um, it was funny because our when Joanne and I went on the theater when he came on screen, I was like, you could hear a few of the women go, oh, no joke. So he was breaking some hearts uh, in, in our theater. Anyway, uh, is he's flying the plane that has the deadly, uh, you know, not mustard gas, but, you know, the nerve agent that is going to yeah. be just, you know, that'll kill ap- everything. apocalyptic in nature. Right. Why he had in the they discover, of course, that it's flammable, that it can be that's really the only way you can really hydrogen based. Yeah, it's really the only way you can get rid of it is like if it if if someone throws this uh, a grenade of this gas, you could burn it in the air to get rid of it. And so, uh, you know, he's going to shoot down the plane and have it go down in flames. And you're kind of like, well, why? I mean, couldn't he just land it? somewhere because he does commandeer the plane by the way we were kind of fuzzy like well was he riding in the back he does commandeer the plane he is flying the plane no because yeah they take off and yeah. he fights it. he shoots a couple of those dudes in the plane he yes. kicks one of them out like, commandeers the plane yeah. he's flying it and we were like well couldn't he just land somewhere and they were like well maybe because the this chemical was so bad the thought was we don't want anybody to have it right because the the US and Britain and France they were just as guilty of using chemicals 
naval warfare as yeah. the Germans were, the Ottoman Empire. I mean, everybody was using mustard gas. I mean, it was just right, right, right. Yeah. brutal. So why why do you have to kill yourself to get rid of this stuff? Correct. Yeah, and and so yeah. what what I missed the first time is that it they noticed that the bombs are on a timer. And no matter where it lands, where it goes, uh, they're going to go yeah. off no mm-hmm. matter what. So he doesn't really have time to try to defuse and fly the plane at the same time. All these different charges that are scattered sure. throughout on these canisters. So that's why he, you know, still ultimately makes that decision. It doesn't matter. So even if he landed the plane in a field somewhere, it would boom, still blow up. It's still going to go off spread the gas. and spread the gas. So yep. it basically, uh, to take a page from Star Trek, a Kobayashi Maru, a catch 22. They're a no win scenario. So that's why he still chooses to shoot the flare uh, into the, the cargo hold of the plane there sure. and, and, and have it go down yeah. in flame. So made a lot more sense. It's kind of like, oh, okay, I missed the detonators. Don't know how I missed that the first time around, but I did. So I did want to correct uh, yeah. that. So it, it definitely just wasn't there as a plot point to move Diana forward um, to be all about love. So he genuinely that he knew was on charges charges because he was told before he went on the plane. And so there you go. Yeah. It's kind of the option. So, yeah. Well, very cool. Well, um, are you ready to move on? Yeah, absolutely, dude. Oh, by the way, if we're going to talk about a little bit of money, let's talk about Wonder Woman's money. And then guys, we're not going to tire you out on Wonder Woman, but I just kind of threw out a couple numbers here uh, because we like to talk about how successful comic book movies are because it is so good for the medium in which we love. Okay. That's why we talk about it. So right now, when we talk about domestically, uh, Wonder Woman in the U.S. alone has made 200 93 million dollars that puts it at number three for 2017 so far now obviously there are other movies coming we got spider-man coming we got that big one coming in december called star wars which is yeah. gonna rule thor, the roost and yeah thor ragnarok we have thor november. ragnarok we have justice league so there's a, yeah. you know guaranteed big blockbusters that are still coming uh but for right now wonder woman sits at number three at 293 million dollars uh in the u.s uh, what I'm more concerned about and what I like is worldwide because really these movies, they're, they're worldwide movies now, right? The yeah. majority of these movies are making their money um, in the foreign market, not so much the domestic market. But right now, Wonder Woman sits at number six worldwide at $591 million, just wow. about $14 million away uh, from uh, Logan at the number five spot, which tells you Logan Jeez. was a big hit worldwide as well too. So that's very cool, oh, yeah, man. Yeah. And yeah. again, we don't say it to go, Oh, look how, look how much money the MCU does. Look how much money the X universe does. Look how much money the DCEU does. The reason why we do it guys is when these movies are popular and they're good. Okay. That's the caveat when they're popular and they're good and they make a lot of money. That's great for the medium in which we love because they're going to continue to make and continue to set the bar high to make excellent comic book movies and not just rubbish comic book movies going, Oh, well they love it. They'll go see it. Um, so yeah, yeah, man, wonder woman making a lot of, a lot of good money and deservedly. So a lot of, a lot of of repeat views too, man. When you, when you look at what people, people are going to see it sometimes two, three, even four times in the theater. So that's very cool. Oh yeah. Cause it did set a record as we, as we try to wind down, uh, talking about one, it did set a record on the lowest drop 
a two week drop. Yeah. So its second weekend was uh, while they're always significantly low, you know, from the first weekend, its second weekend was actually so high that it set a record for second week, uh, second week viewing. Yeah. Or second week in the theater. So that says, yeah, it's got to say something, man, because not a lot of movies do that. They always usually drop about 50, 53%, something like that. Uh, as you see week over week, I think this one was around 40. Mm-hmm. And it was only a 40% drop. So, yep. Um, which in in uh, movie theater terms, 10% is a large number. So, <laughs> yeah, right. Obviously, right. So, okay. when you see Man, I think we talked, we saw uh, Man of Steel mm-hmm. made 291. Correct. Domestically, yes, that's its current run at its current iteration run. They call it all time. Yes, it made two ninety one and four weeks for Wonder Woman to make two ninety four, almost two ninety four. So, yep. absolutely, pretty exciting, man. Pretty exciting stuff. All right, um, let me. Uh, Greg decided to write us a few notes in that email. I just want to kind of get through that if you don't mind. Um, he uh, he said he did visit revisit Suicide Squad. Watch it. In the, I'm sorry. He re- also revisited a Academy Award winning Suicide Squad. <laughs> get uh, it. Get it right. Academy <laughs> Award winning Suicide Squad. Uh, apparently, it's uh, they've been on repeat on HBO. Um, uh, yeah, that's an understatement, Ryan. <laughs> Okay, I right, can I can I add a quick as much as I give like HBO and Deadpool a Razzie for like every time dude I turn on HBO and I had Deadpool in my face, okay? Everyone <laughs> knows how half. much I love Suicide Squad, but bless it all. Every time <laughs> Suicide Squad is like right there I'm like I own this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dude, I they've own been, it. They've they've been getting their they've been getting their money's worth out of that one. Well, that's what happens. You know, Warner Brothers is owned by you know Time Warner, um, right, who owns yeah. HBO, who owns DC. So yeah, it's yep. kind of a no brainer that you know the DC EU movies are going to get a lot of play on HBO. But yeah, man, it, Greg is making no understatement. It is on <laughs> all the time on HBO. Yeah. Well, uh, she, he said that. Uh, he goes. He saw a reference. He that he may have missed, or we may have missed. I don't remember talking about it. We talked. It was a. I think it was like our third show when we talked about Suicide Squad. Um, the uh, Harley stole the purse from the window, and then Deadshot stops to look around and sees the display. Obviously, uh, thinking of his own kid. Uh, they said, but behind that display was a giant smiley face. Um, and it sort of, he says that it may even kind of look like the button. Obviously it doesn't have the blood on it, but there's oh, a, okay. there's apparently like a very, very iconic smiley face behind Interesting. that. Okay. So, okay. I don't know. He wrote, mm, after, yeah, <laughs> interesting. I, so, I would say probably yeah. right now. Yeah. Great. Number one, great, uh, observation there. Absolutely. Yeah. I would say probably more if it is associated with Watchmen, which wouldn't be surprising. You know, that was a Zack Snyder directed movie. And uh, again, I've gone on record saying I loved it. I thought it was great. And Zack Snyder, I don't, he didn't direct Suicide was he Squad. He did, did produce was he it. Producer yeah, he did produce yeah. it. And was, a, was also a producer and writer on Wonder Woman as well, too. Yeah. Uh, so more than likely, it was probably just a little Easter egg 
you know, to, to the watchman. No, I, I need to go. I need to revisit that scene and take a closer look. I think I, I, I couldn't tell you whether or not there was a smiley face behind there or three wolves howling out of moon, to be honest with you. <laughs> so I'd have to go back and actually take a look. Uh, <laughs> though, I mean, Hey, you never know what they potentially, uh, I mean, if right now DC is more riding the ship, not that it was completely sinking, but you know, yeah. getting the ship course corrected with wonder woman and justice league. Yeah. And so far doing very well with that. Yeah. Uh, so if anything, I would say probably an Easter egg, but very cool observation, but Hey man, you never yeah. know what, you know, could happen potentially yeah. if, you know, introduce some watchman stuff, but we got to get through dark side and apocalypse first before we start, uh, <laughs> Go somewhere. Yeah, before we started looking at uh, Kristen Stewart as Dr. Manhattan. in uh, Exactly right. <laughs> in that poster. Make that poster. Before we start seeing Last. Twilight, Watchmen's New Dawn, <laughs> making its way to... It's gonna be, that's going to be so good. I think <laughs> we have our show perfect. title, too, by the way. Twilight, Watchmen's <laughs> Twilight, New Dawn. Wa- <laughs> Doctor, yeah, Watchmen's New Dawn. Yeah. Um, good grief. The last thing that he does, he does file a grievance with us, by the way. We've got, I think. Oh, I, okay. Know, All right. I haven't read, I haven't read iTunes reviews lately, so I don't know if anyone's given us a one star there or not. Um, <laughs> until they just hate our guts or anything, but. It's Greg. Greg gave us a one star. Greg gave us, he's like, that's it, guys. Uh, that's my Greg impression, apparently. <laughs> but. Uh, he does file a grievance, and I'm going to read this verbatim. I'm going to go ahead and read it, okay? Because um, he he you know he he took the time to write it. I want to give him his space. I want to accept the feedback, and we can talk about it. Um, and I have to protest. You have finally stepped over the line. No, oh, dude, you're merciless, Doctor Who, Doctor Who. Yeah. No, no, don't don't okay. jump the gun. Don't All jump right. the gun over there, John. Okay. Your merciless panning of one of my favorites in the last episode left me flabbergasted. (laughs) Typically you are so open and accepting even of the mediocre, but you razzed an unsuspecting subject and downplayed their importance in the universe. I love best. How would things be without them? I believe it would be incomplete and shallow yet. Your comments floored me and left me asking, What's wrong with Cheetos? <laughs> I love them. <laughs> well, I know Greg likes Doctor Who, so I just kind of went to a Doctor Cheetos. <laughs> Nothing, nothing's wrong with Cheetos. They're nerd fuel, Greg. That's all they are. <laughs> nerd fuel. So if that's the case, <laughs> I, you know what, I want to send, I want to, I want to send my apologies. Uh, <laughs> the the offense was was immature. It was it was hastily stated, and uh, I apologize, Greg. I I also apologize uh, for not heaping enough scorn on Cheetos. <laughs> That's and good. Since since y'all live in the same town, y'all can deal with that. But <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because Ryan and I are also uh, very avid gamers uh, as well too, and and him and I spend oh, yeah. uh, a lot of time gaming together on a number of different games and we we joke that there is this prevailing thought 
that all gamers that when we sit down and no matter what flavor gamer you may be, PlayStation, Xbox, PC, it doesn't matter. There is this stereotype that when we sit down to game, they were drinking yeah. nothing but Mountain Dew and eating <laughs> just Cheetos and just yeah, out of a chilled martini glass with Cheeto dust on the rim. That's right. Uh, <laughs> when really my gamer fuel is usually coffee and cashews is usually what I'm eating. <laughs> Whoa. I know. Look out. So filling filling some stereotypes over there, Jeff. Yeah, right. So when we <laughs> so when we reference Cheetos, uh, that's just nerd code for like nerds. Nerd fuel. <laughs> Cheetos. Yeah. Greg, you're thanks awesome, for, anyway, we yeah. love you, Greg. Greg's, Greg is so in, great, man. man. He's so great. You know, whenever I think of Cheetos, uh I love Cheetos. I still like Cheetos. They're not my favorite go-to snack yeah i i think they still make them but like the puffy cheetos they still make the puffy ones oh, the cheetos puffs i think they do i, I mean i have it's more of the I, crunchy I cheetos now cheetos it, in a while yeah the crunchy cheetos have pretty much taken over but cheetos used to come in two styles you yeah the crunchy the puffs. i think they still do the puffs but the crunchy yeah if i i think if you had to if you force me to eat a Cheeto, I would pick crunchy. I would go crunchy as well too. But as a kid, um, my mom bought Cheetos all the time and like Saturday nights were hamburger night. And it was always like hamburgers and Cheetos. It was really weird. So, um, and they were always the puffy Cheetos. Yeah. Um, but when I think of Cheetos now, I think of toy story two. Uh, um, I forget the actor, but he played Newman on Seinfeld was the voice oh, of the yeah, toy collector yeah, yeah. Yeah, in yeah, Toy yeah. Story 2. Yeah. And he falls asleep on his couch uh, eating puffy Cheetos. So he's yeah. got like puffy Cheetos all over his chest <laughs> and on the floor. And yeah. when Woody wakes up, he's got, I think he's trying to get a key out of the guys. It's been a while since I've seen Toy Story 2. But he's, he's trying to get a key or something out of this guy's hand and he burps yeah. in his sleep. He goes like, <laughs> he goes like, <laughs> And it's like this Cheeto burp, like right into Woody's face <laughs> and just in the animation between between Toy Story. And I know it's so good between Toy Story and Toy Story 2 was like night and day. I mean, the animation had gotten so advanced and this facial expression they give Woody of where he's just like, <laughs> like about to throw up after he gets this Cheeto burp right in his face is just Everyone who's seen Toy Story 2 knows exactly what I'm talking about. If you haven't seen Toy Story 2, what's wrong with you? Go go stop right now. Go buy Toy Story 2 and watch it. It is the Empire Strikes Back of the Toy Story trilogy. It's the best one. That's and insane. Yeah. It, what's he insane just gets is a, I haven't seen that in like 12 years. Oh, and Toy I Story. remember that scene so vividly. Yes. Now Toy Story 2 is, is my favorite Pixar movie is Toy Story oh, 2. Man. And uh, just this face <laughs> the he makes. Just face, yeah, yeah. The Woody's face. He's just like, ooh. <laughs> So whenever I think of like nerds eating Cheetos, <laughs> that's where you go. <laughs> just think of this Newman character from Toy Story 2. Just, <laughs> just Cheeto burps in his sleep. <laughs> oh, man. All right, dude. So, uh, G Greg, accept our, our humblest apologies for Cheetos. Yes, please do, sir. Yeah. So, thank you for uh, writing in. Anyway. Moving on to a couple of other things. 
uh, Ryan and I, uh, you know, God, it feels like we we get on this horse and we just ride it every time until it collapses and then we beat on it until it's dust. Ryan, I still don't think Disney. Well, then they keep replacing the horse, right? I Disney, it's not our fault. They just keep replacing the horse. Disney and Sony uh, need to get their story straight and get on the same page when it comes to Spider-Man. Because, and, and guys, I know we seem to talk about this all the time, but it's newsworthy because it's happening. And right now, it looks like, despite everything that was said before when it came to Venom, and I guess what's called being called Silver and Black, which is yeah, silver, silver, and black. silver Sable and Black Cat. Cool. Two very cool characters. There's no yeah, question. Cool. Right. Uh, they're going to be uh, in a movie together. Uh, apparently, will exist in the MCU, despite Sony saying what, like two weeks ago. Two, yeah. Like that it they feels like a month ago. Yeah. That they were they said, going no to be, way. Yeah. No, they're going to wait till, well, they're going to pull Spider-Man out of the MCU. He's no longer going to be involved and they're going to pull him out. And, and so then Spider-Man's, you know, we talked about this before, just like how they get the car running and Marvel's over there working underneath the hood, fixing the car, getting it going, put the gas in, put the oil in, change out the gaskets. And then Sony's like, oh, okay, thanks. I'll take it from here. And then, you know, they just go do their own thing with it and run into a tree. So I think it, we said it like a, yeah, like a month ago where Sony was just, nope, not interested uh, in having Ven- We're interested in having a Venom movie, but we're not interested in being a part of the MCU. Now you're right. They're they're going back on that and they're saying, well, there's it's you know we can or it's going to be inside the same, it's going to exist in the same world. However, you know the events of the Avengers and the events of any of these other movies aren't going to have an effect on the events of like Venom and Black and Silver, which. And when you talk about like mixed universes, you know, we've talked about the Netflix shows before where they, you know, <laughs> the incident of New York and we're like, really dudes? Cause there's been an incident in Sokovia and there's been an incident in a hair- airplane hangar and there's been an incident, you know, how many incidents, yeah, which, which are incident really are we like, referring to at this point? Like downplay, um, which we're used to just like that from the TV shows now, but it seems like that's what they're going to be doing with the Venom movie. Um, and they're apparently like it's going to be like Venom the anti-hero because Carnage is going to be the actual villain. Well, Sony's finally getting I'm Carnage on myself. the Yeah, they're finally getting Carnage on the big screen like they've always wanted. <laughs> Why not throw him okay. out there with no backstory? I mean, it's perfect. Oh yeah. Well, who needs that? Well, you know, Ryan, we've we've had a couple days to to think about this and ship it to market, man. Ship it to market. I got to tell you that it's the more this stuff keeps happening with Sony saying Venom and Silver and Black. No, that's going to have nothing to do with the MCU. And then uh, Kevin Feige and MCU crew come along and say, well, you know, actually it it does. And but it's going to be, I think, in his words. Excuse me. I'm also coming down from a co- uh, a cone, a cold, guys. So uh, if I stop to sniffle or whatever, please forgive me. Nothing better than a summertime cold, too, Ryan. By the way, right? Yeah. It's literally been well, like your a, summertime, a, like 120 yeah. degrees, 117 degrees, and I've got the sniffles. Um, that Make sure uh, you say bundled up. Yeah, bundle up, guys. It's summertime cold. That you know, Kevin has said that it it's running parallel 
to what's happening with the rest of the MCU. And to your right. point, similar to how the Defenders uh, and the Punisher run parallel, they're affected by the what's happening with the Infinity War, Sokovia, the events of Civil War, but they're not directly involved. They feel more of like the aftershocks of it. Sure. Okay. You know, I, I can buy that totally fine. I, I can that, you know, if you have a Venom movie and it does exist in the same world that, you know, Ultron lived in and Thanos. Okay, cool. And you're not going to be referencing that. That's fine. Because even in comic book pages, Ryan, you, you don't have, you know, you don't pick up a copy of old man Logan and yeah. it's referring to something that's, you know, happening in, uh, you know, Iron Man. Uh, not everything has to talk about everything correct. Else. Otherwise it just, it, it, it gets way too confusing. So yeah, basically th- this is where I'm at with this is, you know, we're just literally like two weeks away from homecoming, I believe, right? July 7th, I think is the release date. Is, am I correct on that? Uh, it's coming close. Yeah, you know, very I'm close. Gonna, we're, we're just a couple, sure. we're just a few weeks away. And, and so Ryan, I got to say this, this, Spider-Man, again, is just in a mess. It's in a mess. And it's really, and I'm trying not to let it do so, Yeah, but it's really putting, putting a damper on my anticipation for Homecoming because I'm like, okay, how much do I want to invest in this character yeah. in, in the MCU and where he, he's existing right now in one film, Civil War, soon to be two films, Homecoming. How much am I going to invest in that with, with the knowledge that four movies from now, was it all just a fever dream? <laughs> and well, I think that's what the feedback was heard though, to be honest with you, man. Like that's what I hear. Like, I feel like that's what fans have been saying for the past like month and a half. Cause that's all that's been over the internet when it comes to this topic is just what in the world is going on then? Like, where do we start? And I, th- I want to think that that was heard and say, they said, okay, like, let's come back on this. Let's, it can be a part of the universe. And I think Sony was just trying to make its own money. That's really kind of what this boils down to is that Sony has property rights to the Spider-Man universe. Cinematically. Um, cinematic. Cinematic. Correct. Yeah. Cinematic universe. Of course uh, they have rights to the cinematic universe. They wanted to get their own, you know, recipe brewing uh, while Spider-Man is the hotness right now. Um, Cause let's be honest, like Tom Holland is, I love him as the new Spider-Man one. I, he's going to be, he's a great Peter Parker. Uh, he looks you know, he plays that role really well. He plays the smart ass kid really, really well. And what's, I think what's even more fantastic is that, uh, he, uh, as a actor, as, as a person, the dude cannot keep his mouth shut about the secrets of the MCU. We have learned more about like, movie deals from Tom Holland's slip ups than we have from leaks. Like Tom Holland is the leak at this point, which has been incredibly entertaining. So I'm, I'm all about this guy. I think he's great. Um, but when it boils down to this, everyone's trying to figure out what universe we're living in. Like I, I hear you, man. Like I'm with you. We're in the same canoe. I just don't know what to expect anymore. I 
I want to remain cautiously optimistic. I want to remain optimistic. Now we're getting to cautiously optimistic because you're right. Like how much more do I have to pay attention or how much, you know, what do I not pay attention to during the next five years before Sony just like rips him out of the universe. And then, you know, it's all for nothing. It's a fever dream. Well, I don't get it. You know, yeah, it, it totally. And it's, it's that, it's that investment. And we mentioned this previously that Spider-Man cinematically is a damaged product. It, yeah. It's it's a damaged product. Sony has had five movies, five, to get this character established. And out of those five, two stand out above the rest, in my opinion. Sure. Two stand out. Spider-Man 2 and Amazing yeah. Spider-Man. I, I enjoyed Amazing Spider-Man. I really did. Yeah, I really enjoyed Andrew Garfield. I liked Amazing Spider-Man. Amazing Spider-Man 2, not so much. That... I felt like I was watching Batman forever with Spider-Man. I mean, it was just basically the same plot. It was fragmented, man. It's just, yeah. yeah. And so with five movies under their belt and, and two of them really being standouts and one, we'll say Spider-Man, the original Spider-Man still good, but it was that rare instance where the original was superseded by the sequel where the sequel was actually yeah. better than the yeah. original spider-man 3 rubbish amazing spider-man 2 rubbish and so wow okay and then 10 minutes of civil war and we're all going lady gaga for spider-man and rightfully so dude i mean i remember seeing that trailer for the first time when spider-man was revealed and you're like what what you know yeah, yeah man you're like get out. That first Spider-Man trailer where he, where he steals Cap yeah. Shield from hey guys. him. He's got that cool pose yeah. on. Oh man, the so Spider-Man good. pose, right? Hey guys, so good. Yeah, uh, very cool, right? And so, yeah, and and now we're back to you know, Marvel's going to do all the heavy lifting, and then Sony will take it from there. That being said, Ryan, if we're going to play devil's advocate, they they have a built-in storyline character who can remove Spider-Man out of the MCU and put him in another universe. And that's Dr. Strange. Yeah, sure. And that very well could be what is going to happen. Now we don't know. I mean, we're still talking four movies from now, but does something happen during the course of the infinity war that, that strange manipulates something in order. And he tries, and that's the only way in a certain scene, a certain moment, that's yeah. the only way well, that he can save yeah. Peter Parker is by opening a portal and sending him somewhere else. And and that's how he leaves the MCU, goes back to, you know, Sony universe, but still maintains right. a so it's still the same Spider Man. Avengers like didn't happen. Yeah, it's still the same Spider Man. New York that wasn't affected. Correct. And it's still the same Spider Man, the same Peter Parker. Maybe he has memories of it. Maybe he doesn't, or he could just be like, you know, I I remember something. Flashbacks or something. Yeah. And but then he just continues and if that's the way they do it, I I can accept that. I can accept that. Though again, it brings me back to well, how much do you want me to emotionally invest in Homecoming? If if I know that within four movies, he potentially is going to be gone and either just not exist anymore or go back to the same film studio who mucked him up from from the get go. Yeah. 
it, it, it's a it, it, it's a total first world problem, <laughs> but it's <laughs> it's just again it, we we talk about the emotional attachment that Spider Man has to Marvel. Yeah, he he's a flag bearer of Marvel, yeah. and yeah. will always be a flag bearer of Marvel. You've got your you know you you've got your Wolverines and you've got your Caps and your Deadpool and. Yeah, man. Great characters. We all love them. Despite how much fun I poke at Deadpool, he's still a cool character. He's still fun. Sure. They're, they're more tentpole characters. When we talk about like flag bearers, it's like the character that immediately you, I, and I don't know, I would probably move Cap out of a tentpole. He'd be a flag bearer. You see Cap, you know what? That's Marvel. You see Spider-Man, you know that's Marvel. Iron Man has moved to a flag bearer now. Yeah. So it, just this we waited so long for Spider-Man to be back in the hands of the people who created him and to just have this kind of looming, like, Oh my gosh, is this all for not? I'm really hoping Ryan that it's, it's just that fan feedback. Yeah. They just said, okay, we can have them run parallel. And like you said, man, not everything that happens in the comic book pages has something to do with another title somewhere. Yeah. So right. It's, just, it's totally I mean, okay. It's its own story. Yeah. That's it's a to- story. It's totally okay. that once Spider-Man mm-hmm. finishes up his, uh, adventures with the Avengers and goes into like his solo movies with Venom and black cat and silver sable yeah. and just continues on from there. And you Being can still neighborhood Spider-Man. You yeah. could still make passing references to Stark enterprises or things like sure, that. Yeah. Um, and not have it directly be involved with, with the other characters, yeah. but man, it's just, it's very confusing. It's very yeah. confusing. And it just, this is, I think with the success of wonder woman, <clears throat> With the excitement that's brewing for Justice League, DC course correcting, this is a bad time to have a core character be sort of in this limbo stage. Well, I think that's why they're. I think that's bad, what they felt. And bad I think, timing. I think that's why we're seeing some of the like the backing, you know, the backpedaling, and I think that's why we're seeing that is because. You know, this has all come after Wonder Woman. Like all of this, all these comments, everything is. I'm not going to say they're related. I mean, it's hard to not say they're related. Um, you one, know, conspiracy. one has to, we could, one has we to do go with down the our other. conspiracy. I think one we has to go to down do with our the conspiracy other. road. Yeah. yeah, we can go down that conspiracy road and just go. You know what? Maybe because we're listening to fans and we we saw the feedback there, we don't want to m- m- confuse characters. We just want to keep everything straight. Um, let's do something. Let's make sure that we're clear about where our characters stand. And so who knows, man, you know, I'm not going to, we don't, we don't know for sure. We'll, we will speculate all day, um, and trying to work this out as fans. But, you know, at the end of it, I'm hoping that Sony, I'm sorry, that, uh, yeah, that Sony and Marvel heard feedback, course corrected their own future projects, their future lineups and making sure that they're not leaving any fans in the dust when they start creating characters that are closely tied to the one that's in the Marvel movie, but that has nothing to do with it. And I think that was a bad move. And I think they realize that. And I don't think anyone really is. At least from my opinion is clamoring. Oh man, do we got to see venom interact with cap? I mean, if that doesn't happen, <laughs> who doggy, <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> 
No, no, <laughs> no. no one's really. <laughs> yeah, but it turns out there is going to be a third Spider-Man movie inside of the MCU. Totally, we there was a lot of rumors that it was just going to be two. Um, that after two, he was going to go back to whatever. That was the first rumor we talked about. I, talk, I know I mentioned that in a couple of episodes ago, uh, but from Tom Holland's inability to keep a secret, uh, <laughs> there is going to be a third movie. Uh, there is also Chris, uh, Chris um, Evans. Yeah, Chris Evans, Cap, is signed on for the seventh movie in the MCU, which lines up to be the second Infinity War. So the two part, that's not really a two part, but it is a two part. Um, it's just not labeled part one, part two. So there, uh, he is labeled for now he's signed on for seven movies. And so I think all the core characters, all the Avengers characters just signed on for seven. Now. Um, I think I am pretty sure I have to do a little bit more research, but I think all core Avengers are signed on for seven. Yeah. So then the question starts being asked who, who bites it? At the Man, end we've of- got to have some. I mean, that Infinity Gauntlet is destruction. Like that, and you can't just Doctor Strange time warp out of this one. Like no. you know, it's not that. Not even Strange got the time has stone. that. Well, yeah, he he's did. got the time stone. Like yeah. the Infinity Gauntlet it has the time stone in it. But he so, he knows he can't just keep manipulating time over and yeah. over and over. Um, yeah. Because so, we still haven't seen the ramifications of that for the inevitable, you know, Strange too. Yeah. Um, because you know he rewound time, yeah, in that one, and so we know at least in the sequel there's there's going to be some well, ramifications for that because they're not supposed to. They have the ability yeah. well, to do so, Benedict, but they're not supposed to. The librarian was really upset at him. The Benedict Wong character, um, and then that, of course, uh, who who was his partner? I, I forget the name of his of the ad of his partner. Then he turns into the major adversary of Doctor Strange yeah. universe. Yeah. Um, I, anyway, yeah, I, I'm forgetting it too. I'm sorry. I'm blanking. Forgive me. It's, it's late for me. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it is, but yeah. the, uh, the, uh, but yeah, so anyway, so there's obviously a lot of ramifications there that they, that they get to explore he's not gonna be able to just time warp his way out of that mess. So I don't know the infinity gauntlet's going to have its destruction. That's what that gauntlet is, is pure destruction. So I'm there's got to be someone going down in that in in that series. There's got to be a main character. I mean, I thought Cap was going to bite it in Civil War. So too early. There's got to be some for sort that. of for so yeah, be too early. Yeah, we've got to see some sort of main character bite it. Well, you know, a lot of people have speculated that uh, in Ultron, you know, Tony's dream was actually potentially a vision of the future. When he, right. when oh, he sees, yeah, you know, the Avengers piled up on top of each other and, uh, and yeah. it's corpses and, you know, Steve mentions or, or says, you know, why, why didn't you stop it? Or you could have saved, you could have saved this like and, yeah. or it could just simply be, he had a dream, right? Well, that uh, was his fear. That was the greatest fear. That mm-hmm. was, you know, when, when she manipulated, when Scarlet Witch got in there and turned up the fear factor on him, that's what he saw. Yeah. Uh, so, or, you know, they could just play it safe and, and nobody. Yeah. There's a happy ending for everybody and we all go home. Who knows? Which, which I think could be, you know, potentially a little bit of a, of a cheat. Uh, but I mean, who knows? Who knows, right? I hope I they mean, freeze frame at the end of the movie too. If they do, <laughs> freeze frame. Uh, you know, I mean, hey, we 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 give credit to the to the X universe for for the death of Logan. 
that he died. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. they, they very easily could have had the quote unquote happy ending where he, you know, crosses into the Canadian border to go sure. live out the rest of his life in his home country. We know he's from Canada, right? So, right. Uh, you know, they, they definitely could have the new mutants and yeah. You know. And just over, you know, watching over him in his final days. And I'm sure that was probably something that was talked about. Right. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, you know, Hey guys, we really want to kill Logan in this movie. Yeah. We know that yeah. Hugh, who by the way has officially gone on record and I, I believe him now he is done with Wolverine. I said, I thought for sure there would still be a little Wolverine cameo somewhere in Deadpool, but it sounds like Hugh is done with with wolverine it was a i mean that's the thing though like you know the the jokes that can be made at wolverine and hugh jackman's expense hugh jackman might be you know in as a cameo but but not as but not logan not wolverine in terms of putting on the claws in terms of donning the hairdo you know i it was a perfection ending to that character like it really was just to just the bow that was put on that put on that character and um it's nothing but it would be nothing but complete disrespect and i think even deadpool uh has limits uh and writers of deadpools have limits of what they're going to make that character do and for such an emotional Um, goodbye that logan had with not not just with x23 but with the fans i mean it was an emotional i think it would be yeah i think it would be in bad taste to try to make i mean sure make fun of it make fun of wolverine make fun of logan make fun of hugh jackman absolutely like that's his kind of shtick uh but to try to dredge hugh jackman into playing wolverine again no like that's yeah that's not gonna be i don't think you're gonna that wouldn't be cool of that so um but yeah um again i mean they, they could go happy ending but hopefully you know, they, they do make a little bit of a gutsy move and it is, you know, Steve Rogers dies, Tony yeah. dies or, you know, whatever. Maybe, you know, I yeah. mean, maybe, you know, Rocket bites it. I mean, who knows? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. we saw, I mean, we saw how, and the fan, I think the fandom reacted appropriately when Rhodey bit the dust and not, he didn't die, but I mean, he's, he's, he's paralyzed. Damaged. Yeah. Um, heavily damaged, and so yeah, par- that is it paralyzed where he was able to move with the exoskeleton. That yeah, well, he can he can move with the exoskeleton, and if he were to get in the armor, the armor can move for him. Yeah, right? the armor will be the armor will take him where he needs to go. Um, and he's got a he's got help. He's got exoskeleton to help him walk around Correct, normally. Yeah. But, but yeah, but, man, but is he going to be so fast to put that war machine armor back on? Oof. After uh, that, right? Yeah. Uh, and did that signal the end of War Machine, you know, for, for know. the MCU? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of really great questions. I hope not. Um, I love yeah. having, you know, that that uh, more traditional arsenal, you know, counterpart yeah. to <laughs> to Iron Man with War Machine yeah. is, is pretty cool. So, yeah, Rhodey's always been a nice uh, um, making sure that Tony, trying to make sure that Tony keeps his head on straight a little bit. Correct. Um, you know, he's always been that, and it's in the comics too. War Machine's always just kind of been like in that grounding, the grounding, the ground level Tony. Correct. You know, correct. We're here. We're good. Uh, let me to- keep, let me, Tony, let me make sure you're Tony. I got to make sure you stay grounded, Tony. Come on. Come on, Tony. Tony. <laughs> hi, to- hi to- Tony. It's me, Terrence Howard. <laughs> do, do you remember me from Iron Man 1? <laughs> <laughs> How are, how are you doing? 
Do you, do you remember, I, Tony? I remember when I was the highest paid actor for the Iron Man franchise. Oh my gosh. <laughs> hey, Tony, are you still there? <laughs> <laughs> I'll call back. <laughs> Hello, Tony. Uh, Tony. Okay. Maybe next time, Tony. <laughs> next time, baby. Next time, baby. <laughs> I wonder. Man, he is such the perfect example of. Man, you act like a you act like a jerk face, and you're so easily replaced. <laughs> man, that was a hot swap. Plug and play. I mean, just that was a super hot swap. <laughs> I never get tired of making fun of Terrence Howard. I know, My man. friend and mentor Tony Stark. Tony Stark. <laughs> man, what? the first time I saw Iron Man, and oh man, 2008, it's crazy, right? Yeah, how long? Eight years, nine years ago, and yeah, you know, just seeing you know Terrence Howard just immediately with that voice, you're just like, oh man. I, get, my, my first thought was, go. dude, we are not off to a good start. Yeah, seriously, it was. I mean, we yeah. are not off to a good start. I mean, if this is who they have portraying Colonel Rhodes, whew, I hate to see what Robert Downey's going to do. <laughs> He's really going to muck this up. <laughs> Luck, luckily, he wrote Downey in to save the day, it. right? But yeah. good grief. Yeah. Okay, dude. So let's let's move on from Spider Man. Let's give let's give these reasonableless ears a break from. Oh my gosh. Okay. If they haven't hung up already, I know, right? Um, the other thing that uh, happened in the last couple of weeks, which was I was I enjoyed seeing. Um, well, I I half enjoyed seeing the the Black Panther uh, stuff is out and hit uh, hit the trailer. One heck of a but teaser that, trailer. What in the Jiminy Christmas? If, they, if they're calling that a te- the trailer should be about 10 minutes long if that's our teaser trailer. Yeah. Um, the Black Panther that, teaser oh, coming in at 2 minutes and 35 seconds long. Dude, 2 minutes, yeah, 2 minutes and 35 seconds. Like, that is full-size te- that is full-size trailer. Right. What are you talking about? Unless we're just going to get the movie in 5 <laughs> minutes on the trailer. That's what I'm thinking now. Like, I hope not. What in the world are they keeping back? <laughs> This is our teaser. Like, it's, it's too many. The, like I've, I know songs that are shorter or that are that are shorter. The movie is going to be you know four hours long. <laughs> There's gonna, it is it is it is filled to the brim. It's an epic. <laughs> but yeah, two minutes and thirty five seconds for that teaser. So we should see. Yeah, like I said, we should see about a ten minute trailer coming coming to us pretty soon. Well, you know, it's uh, it, it's given us a really cool uh, view of Earth that we haven't seen before, right? I mean, yeah. Wakanda. Uh, if you're not familiar with Black Panther books, and you don't really have to be super familiar with with the character Black Panther, because Wakanda. Uh, whether it has to do with T'Challa or not, plays a huge role in in the Marvel universe. Yeah, at least on Earth. Number one, it's the only source on Earth for vibranium, and they have an overabundance of vibranium. Is that sl- vibranium slash adamantium? Is that is that no. one metal? No, or is that no is that adamantium and vibranium are two different metals. And now, if you're talking about in print, okay. Movie wise, okay. in the MCU, there is no adamantium. 
They, right. they can't. They cannot use it. Yeah. Right. That belongs to. Right. right. So that's that's yeah. Enhanced, not mutants. Yep. The correct. Whole thing. Now, um, yeah. in comic book, okay, Marvel, adamantium is the strongest. Vibranium is the second. Pretty much. Okay. Right. I mean, they're they're both pretty bad. A. In the MCU, vibranium is the toughest metal. Uh, at least in yeah. the film, right? So yeah. uh, Wakanda is the only place on Earth that it is mined. Is the only place where it is manufactured. Uh, Howard Stark, you know, in the first Avenger, makes a comment that he thought he had the last of it, which we're going to find out that he didn't. Right when he fashioned Cap's shield <laughs> yeah, out of it, clearly did not have the last of it. Correct. Uh, <laughs> and I think he even makes a a comment to how much it cost him to to get it as well yeah. too. And so later on we find out when we get to Civil War that, you know, obviously Black Panther's suit is a vibranium mesh type of suit that, you know, can take high caliber rounds and he doesn't yeah. flinch. But what's well, really Ultron the Ultron movie like when they did uh the scene yeah. with oh man, I'm losing names. The Blurg. The who? They did the scene with oh um, on the ship, yeah, with um, yeah on the ship, yeah, where uh, Ultron uh, in the comics he's dipped in vibranium. They didn't really right, yeah. play up on that in the movie uh, so much, um, yeah, because well, he would, they kind of they kind of altered him so that way he could he it, the body that he was in didn't matter, correct? So they didn't have to like go down the vibranium route, but yeah, in the comics he is like made of vibranium. Yeah. He's been dipped in vibranium. Uh, he needed it to create essentially vision. So are you, are you talking about the, the pirate in, yeah. in civil war? Oh man, I know I'm, I'm drawing a blank here too. uh, fill some dead space while I look something up. Dum dum. dum. Oh, I shouldn't sing, huh? <laughs> no, but he, they, but they talk about, um, but anyway, so that they have that conversation about, uh, or at least it's alluding to vibranium because he goes and steals the vibranium to make vision. Um, and they're in that they're in that ship, that factory. Kind of, it looked like a factory to me. Well, it was a, it was an old barge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see here, man. Dude, I am drawing a blank on this guy. He's you know because you know be honest, guys. I didn't read a lot of Black Panther. Uh, who's the actor who plays him? He's yeah, he, that's he, again like uh, I'm, I'm Circus whole... Andy Circus. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, who's a great actor? Uh, he uh, Ulysses Claw. That's right, Ulysses Claw. There it is. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Internet. Uh, Ryan, yeah, it's please. all. It, it's super late for Ryan right now. It's like twelve fifteen <laughs> in the morning. It's late for me uh, in Arizona as well too. But yeah, Ulysses Claw. Uh, his character is essentially he's a pirate, modern day pirate, who is yeah. uh, stockpiling vibranium out of Wakanda and yeah. in the movie civil Selling war it, black yeah, market. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he deals in weapons and all in vibranium. And yeah. so he's not the best of dudes. No, he, he has no superpowers or anything like that. He's, uh, just basically, um, a black marketeer weapons dealer. Uh, he, he uses weapons that are formulated out of vibranium, which makes him dangerous because he's using weapons that, you know, and swords that can't be broken and things like that. So anyway, getting back to Wakanda and their role in Marvel in print is it's an isolated country. It's a super advanced civilization. It's difficult to get to. They don't let in strangers. They don't let in visitors on a very regular right. basis. Yeah. 
No one's coming over for tea. No one's coming over for tea. And they are an interesting mix of tradition, technology, and mysticism. And yeah, the, the Black Panther character, quote unquote, isn't a... Uh, like a super powered individual, like say, uh, you know, Quicksilver. We're talking MCU wise, okay? Yeah, like, like Captain America, supercharged. He, yeah, he, he doesn't. Nothing comes from a bottle. The vibranium suit doesn't. You know, it's not like Iron Man. Uh, the Iron Man armor is not fashioned out of vibranium either, uh, which is interesting. You th- you'd think that Tony would have crazy access to it, but when you're making that many suits out of vibranium, even Tony would run out of money at some point. Yeah, at some point. And so uh, T'Challa basically is imbued with this sort of mystic protector um, mysticism yeah. type of uh, of power, yeah, which yeah, gives yeah, him yeah. incredible agility, heightened senses. Well, the ring I know carries something. Correct. Yeah. The ring that he has carries something with it. And his, I don't know. And his father was the Black Panther before him. His grandfather yeah. was the Black Panther. And, and that dude and you know, that dude was no light, you know, light on his feet agility guy either. No. His dad. No. <laughs> he well, was well, you can well you kind of Black Panther. Well, you kind of figured too <laughs> that dad was the king of Wakanda, but T'Challa, the son, had taken up the yeah. mantle of the Panther, right? Yeah, for sure. And so um the the Black Panther character is actually really cool when you when you really dig into his lore that his yeah. role is the protector of Wakanda. And so I have to go back on something. Yeah, though. please do. I think he's got to be he's got to be something because the way he was humping around in Civil War like jumping from, you know, well, from the it, ju- he was jumping like full stories. Yeah, it's the mystic power that comes with being okay. the Black Panther. Right. Yeah. So, so I don't I don't want to cuz I think I just kind of I felt like I took a side that it was just like no, he's not powered he, he he's powered but it's not something. yeah he didn't get hit like yeah. by a bolt of lightning and can now jump up buildings or something like right, that yeah, right yeah. something's going on correct there, so like dr strange's ability comes from you know the mystic arts uh t'challa's comes from yeah. you know i i guess for lack of a better word you say like the gods of wakanda type yeah, of thing something yeah yeah and so it, it's really cool you know what we've seen so far the way wakanda is presented uh i love yeah. it we got to see a quick glimpse of it in civil war that it's shrouded in like this fog and yeah. uh you you see what looks like maybe a quinjet uh in the uh in the in the trailer uh so yeah be kind of interesting is like with shield potentially using wakandan technology with some of their stuff but we know cap and and you know bucky's there so bucky's being held under and we and cap very well could be in black panther because you know panther was uh was team cap so um yeah no he wasn't was he no he was team no no, 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 he was team tony that's right because he was after bucky correct yeah Yeah. eventually came uh and sided with cap but uh His, I mean, his introduction in Civil War was absolutely fantastic. Oh, awesome. I, I would say yeah, he great. stole the show more than Spider Man did. Was was Black Panther? So yeah, really cool what we've seen. Uh, it, it's presenting a very very mystic, yeah. yet almost almost like an Earth version of Asgard, right? Yeah. Where yeah. it's like what yeah. you call magic, we call science, but there's definitely right, right, right. a mystic element that's very present in Wakanda. Yeah. Uh so yeah, you I know, was, I'm I'm yeah. I would say right at this point with Civil War or excuse me, 
with with Black Panther, I I'm getting Civil War like moments yeah. with this one, right? Where I'm like the trailer mm. was like floored me. I was oh man, that was so it was refreshing. I guess after especially the all the you know I, we talk about this stuff a lot. We talk about the the whole Spider Man stuff. We've talked about the Thor stuff. We talk about the guard you know after Guardians potentially after spider-man we don't know like where that movie's going to land on our spectrum you know there's there's like iffies that are that are happening right now our my bad taste our bad taste with iron fist and luke cage like there's been enough like faltering in the mcu now that when i saw that black panther trailer i got wonder woman excited yes like yes that was it felt like one it felt like mcu's answer to that movie and almost you know not we know it's not directly like no, you put out this no, we put out that no, it's not no, that at all it's not that at all it's just the the seriousness i guess of it, it i didn't see i didn't see the joking around I, you know and not that that man i hate anyway i didn't see the joshing around there's a time there's a time and a place for what i like to i know we're a pg show but there's a time and a place for grab assing and then there's a time and a place for a little bit more of a serious tone yeah and i i I feel where you're coming from that this has that noble air to it that wonder woman has especially the scenes at the themiscira yeah. we're gonna get some we're yeah. gonna get some smiles we're gonna of get course. some we're gonna get some moments here and there of levity for sure oh, of course and I, that and that's just a mo- that's just movie writing like almost every movie has a moment of that brevity or levity whatever you call it so or levity so the the thing is just i'm i was refreshed watching that trailer and i am so excited i am really excited to see Black Panther play out on the big screen and watch and get to know that character. Cause I feel like if, if Marvel does one thing, right, it's origin stories. Um, at least in the MCU cinematically, they've done a fantastic job with origin stories, especially with the mains. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, we don't have much of an origin story, of course, not like Scarlet witch and stuff like that. But even in like, you know, even in what civil war we got, uh, or was it Ultron? No, it was Civil War. Uh, crap. Um, no, no, no. The 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 Black Widow's background. Oh, Ultron. Ultron. Mm-hmm. So even in those, like we find, we do see some of these like side kind of side characters, but they're mains. Uh, but they start. We start getting their backstories in. You know, we start getting like really interesting and really deep into their psyche and understanding like where they're coming from. Yeah, N- Natasha's uh, you know history in the Red Room. The Red Room. And, yeah, yeah. Like the crazy backstory that she has. So I'm very excited. I mean, I could not be it's just very excited. Wonder Woman level excited about Black Panther. I yeah. think it's going to no- um, I think it's going to knock it out of the park. I'm, I really I'm, I'm with you on that one. And it's it's a nice even though we've seen him already in Civil War, it, it's going to be a a cuz we you know, we saw Wonder Woman before we saw Wonder Woman, right? I mean, she was in Dawn sure, of Justice. Yeah, and so uh yeah, I I'm with you 100% on that, man. It it it's got me very excited and, and we're we're still a ways away from it it's not gonna be until 2018 yeah. but that's okay that, that's totally okay uh gonna be very cool man and and hopefully you know we're we're wrong on homecoming hopefully we're wrong on ragnarok 
right now Black Panther, man, it's that's it because it's new it's new territory. It's new that's territory. Too. And and it's and this is Thor three, right? Like, yeah. And it's we know where Thor is, like we get it. Like it, this is new. You know, and, and T'Challa is not born of well, certainly we see his father, you know, die in Civil War and, and even though yeah. we didn't know a tremendous amount of their backstory, they made it very clear that there was a stronger tie than just father and son. And it was the, it was the black Panther mantle, the protector of Wakanda, uh, that, that tie ran deeper than just simply being blood relatives, but he's a character that's not really born of tragedy, not really born of, um, smart assery, uh, not born of daddy issues, not born of, you know, just, courage i want to go fight with the boys you know like like steve rogers was and that's kind of a real downplay but we all know where we're coming from with that it's gonna be very very cool because i mean it was it's someone who was born into nobility and pretty much from the get-go knew what his role was going to be yeah and at least from what we've seen in civil war didn't shy away from it had no problem putting on the black panther armor and getting down to business yeah, doing what he's. I need done. to protect my people. Wakanda yeah. needs to be protected, and right now, the danger to Wakanda is Captain America. Sure, and Bucky. That's the danger, and so yeah, yeah it's just gonna be really cool, man. And Black Panther <clears throat> is such a noble character, and it is going to bring a very different perspective than what Steve offers, than what Tony offers. Steve is always yeah. going to be loyalty you know, bravery, honor, courage, very similar to Wonder Woman. And that's what she presents, right? Where Tony is going to be like my way or the highway, uh, knee jerk reactions, go this way, go that way, go this way, go that way. Always having the good intentions, but just like nobody's directing my attention to, you know, yeah. in a, in and the, he won't, and he's not allowing that either. Correct. You know. And here you've got T'Challa who, you know, leads a nation providing a steadier, almost kind of above <laughs> the fray of yeah. that. So it'd be very cool how they're going to present that, him. It's level up. Yes. Like, like where, of where Steve is, where Tony is, he's, he's the next level. Yeah. Like he doesn't operate on the, the bickering. Correct. Like he's no, no, I'm above that. Correct. So yeah, man, I'm with you, <laughs> yeah. dude. That, that's going to be very exciting. Very, very much looking forward to that. Yeah. And I would say Marvel please we don't need to see another teaser trailer take your time right don't don't do what you're doing with homecoming and just keep give me a seven second trailer yeah. and then for the for the 30 second trailer for the two minute trailer yeah come on all right all right do you want to switch to some print before we wrap this up yeah, go ahead, man. You've got more print news than I do, I think. Yeah, you've week, been you've so. been a little bit out of print because you've been doing this thing called work. Uh, kind yeah, of, yeah, right? It's kind of wild. Doing this thing <laughs> called earning money and feeding my family. A whole brand new thing. Yeah, so right. Getting used to it. Well, there's a couple uh, couple books that you know uh, I want to talk about just very briefly uh, before we let you guys go on this episode. The first one is I'm going to reach down. I know it's a audio podcast and clearly nobody can see it, but I like holding it in my hand while I talk about it. Uh, For everybody who knows how much I love Star Wars, uh, I have not been a big fan of Star Wars comics throughout the years. There's been some really good ones and there have been some absolute just 
dog bones. I mean, just not good. And at least from my my perspective, there's been a lot more famine when it comes to Star Wars comics than feast. That being said, Marvel, uh, who, of course, owned by Disney, Disney owns Lucasfilm, Lucasfilm owns Star Wars. Pretty much anything now that is in comic form is, well, not anything, everything that's in comic form now is canon. It is canon. So if it's in print, it's storyline. And, and that's really where it kind of messed up previous Star Wars comics, right? Because you had expanded universe, you had this story, that story. Uh, Dark Horse did some really good Star Wars books. They did some really bad Star Wars books. They had a really great series called Dark Empire, if anyone remembers that from uh, the mid-90s. It was a really cool storyline. None of that matters anymore. Like, majority of the books out there we've talked about on this show that fall under the uh, uh, legend category. A lot of these comic book stories now fall under legend. That being said, there is a new Darth Vader series that is out. It's now actually on issue number two, uh, put out by Marvel Comics, uh, simply called just Star Wars Darth Vader. It is canon. It does take place in the universe, so you don't have to worry about it being some side story. Uh, It's only going to have, I think, from what I understand, maybe a 15 to 20 issue run, which is perfect. Because what happens if you have a book that goes too long, you start running out of story and then you start bumping up into... Are you make it up as we go along? Yeah, right. And then you're then you got to kind of start retconning stuff and it, it turns into a whole thing, right? So basically, where Darth Vader number one... Uh, starts out now. There's been a couple of Darth Vader series. This is actually the second Darth Vader series. Okay, yeah. Uh, so there was a first one that I really wasn't too crazy about. The second one, at least, it started out really good. Yeah. Uh, it picks. Oh, cool. Yeah. It it literally picks up after uh, Darth Vader's no in Revenge yeah, of the right. Sith. Yeah. Okay, that's where it picks up. All right, so. You may be saying they're going, but John, wait a minute. In Revenge of the Sith, we saw Vader, the Emperor, and young Governor Tarkin watching the Death Star being built. Yeah. Uh, yes, you did. What this comic is showing is that there is a significant time gap between Vader going, no, and then they're watching the skeletal <laughs> frame of the Death Star being built. There, There's a significant time difference in that, which isn't unheard yeah. of in the Star Wars movies, because if you pay attention to The Empire Strikes Back, Luke's training is actually taking place over quite a lengthy period of time. He wasn't just on Dagobah for like three days and then split. Okay. Yeah. He was actually there for quite a while. Uh, and how do we know this? We know the Millennium Falcon could not use light speed. So to get to the Bespin system, they had to travel at normal speed, which would take them a lot of time to do so. So there you go. There's a little Star Wars trivia for you. So we know that within the story, within the Empire Strikes Back, it's actually taking place over an extended period of time. Okay. So there you go. Hopefully that cleared up that issue for you for darn near a 30 year old movie. So uh, we see we know there's this time gap. So essentially what it is, and I don't want to ruin storyline because, guys, I love this book. Issue number one was great. I have not started issue number two as of yet. Yeah. It, It is such an a cool 
presentation of Vader. You're seeing Vader for the first time in his armor, having to adjust to it. He's not able to physically do what he could do when he was Anakin. The armor weighs him down. The armor is painful. Uh, it's digging into his still healing flesh of his body. We know he can't breathe without it unless he's in his chamber or in a back to tank like he was in Rogue One. And he's still dealing with essentially a lie that he killed Padme, which yeah. he didn't. She died of a broken heart. So you could kind of say, well, he kind of did. But Sidious gives him the impression that he, he choked her out and killed her. Yeah. So he's carrying that guilt. And essentially, his mission is very simple. Go make your lightsaber. Because he doesn't have it. Remember, yeah. Obi-Wan took it. And again, I don't want to spoil the storyline because I, I love the uh, lore of, of a Jedi's relationship with a lightsaber and a Sith's relationship with a lightsaber. And how important those blades are to them as Jedi or Sith. Yeah. And you see a little bit of that played up in Force Awakens with how, you know, Luke's blade calls out to uh Rey. How Kylo is obsessed with having that lightsaber because that was Anakin's lightsaber. It wasn't Luke's. It was Anakin's before it became Luke's, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just very cool that how Vader is essentially sent out to create his lightsaber. And you may kind of look at that and go, man, what a thin plot line. Yeah, sounds like that on paper. Okay, it really does. Vader <laughs> and his lightsaber, you know, out on a, out on a date. Um, but it's very cool seeing Vader basically going out without, without a blade and relying yeah. upon his armor for protection and relying upon, uh, you know, his, for, his very diminished force abilities and what he's able to do and not do anymore. I'm going to spoil a little bit. You do actually get to see very briefly the emperor and Vader fight and mm. you can kind of get an idea who gets the upper hand on that one. But um, at least in that storyline. So anyway, uh, Darth yeah. Vader uh, issues number one and two. If anything, guys pick, you know, it's a Marvel book, so it's going to cost you five bucks. I can't do anything about the price, but uh, I believe it's worth the five dollars. I absolutely enjoyed it. Uh, James read it. He thought it was fantastic. Uh, I'm going to stick with this one through the 15 or 20 issues that it runs. Uh, nice. Just very cool, right. man. Very cool story yeah. with Darth Vader. Um, so, yeah, check that out. I'm, I'm really digging that one. Also, uh, Secret Empire is now up to issue number four. Let me double check. Yeah. Before, uh, before we go too crazy, yeah. I just want to mention uh, that the Star Wars books, I know uh, our listener, Norm, every time we had posted up about comic book reading, he always, oh, he yeah. always tweet us back. He was just like, man, get into some Star Wars, get into some Star Wars. And uh, now that we're, now that we're swinging back around, it seems like that is a, Fantastic advice, too. So. Absolutely. Norm is hit the nail on the head. Okay. Uh, Secret Empire up to issue number four. Ryan, I know I've talked about this before, dude. I am loving this storyline. Yeah. And, and I don't really want to talk a lot about it because I don't want to spoil because it's so fresh and it's so new. You know, I was so skeptical about it going in. We spent a good time talking about it. 
you know, a few weeks back, we're like, oh, Magneto, all of a sudden he's a, a German sympathizer, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Wow. And then we were obviously corrected on that by the writers of Secret Empire going, yeah. hang on, hang on. You guys are blowing a little thing out of proportion. No, we're not going to make a Holocaust survivor a sympathizer with Hydra. Okay. Not going to yeah. happen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That being said, there is so much amazing storyline happening within Secret Empire that Ryan, I, I can say really for the first time in a long time, Time. I yeah. I don't feel overly perturbed having to kind of venture out of the main Secret Empire storyline to pick up right. a few odds and ends to complete it because yeah, it's a enough. it's a story that's being very well told and it's not simply just about uh, evil quote unquote evil Cap Hydra Cap uh, taking over the U.S. Right, right, right. Uh, it there is so much other rich material going on. Uh, the way mutants are being treated under Hydra rule, almost like they're just kind of given their own territory, and they're like, "You guys are going to stay over there," and they're kind of like, "Okay, we're fine with that." You guys can have your little war. We're just going to take care of our business. Then you got the Inhumans, which kind of have taken the place of mutants in the Marvel universe as being the race of people we're going to pick on. Uh, They're being hunted, uh, abused by Hydra. And then you've got this battle that's taking place in space from a Chitauri invasion that just keeps coming and coming and coming. And the defense force outside uh, led by uh, Captain Marvel betrayed by Captain America. They're just out there in space with no help, just fighting off this endless Chitauri invasion. And again, I don't want to spoil anything because I want you to get in and read it. Cause you're like, well, why are the Chitauri invading? Why isn't anybody helping from earth? Basically it all centers yeah. around something that Tony actually kind of talked about in the MCU as a worldwide shield to protect earth. Uh, from alien invasion is actually coming into play in print. Um, They can't re-enter Earth's atmosphere. Nothing can leave Earth's atmosphere. So you've got Captain Marvel, the Guardians, pretty much any hero that can be spacefaring in in existent space, along with a uh, military, combined military effort of several nations, just perpetually fighting off a Chitauri horde that just keeps coming and coming and coming and coming with no end in sight. And so there's just all these different moving pieces. And then again, I don't want to spoil someone who kind of shows up claiming to be Steve Rogers while there's already Mm -hmm. a Steve Rogers. So there's a lot of cool stuff going on and going into this, Ryan, I, I was kind of like, you know, man, I don't know if I'm going to do this. This seems like a super commitment. I know they're going to bleed into all these other titles and I'm going to end up buying all these other books. I have absolutely enjoyed it. I have been just, I mean, it's like I start reading kind of how we felt about bloodshot when we picked up bloodshot from Valiant, man, I'm just like, Turn the page, turn the page, turn the page, turn the page. Wow, that's great. Yeah, man. it is yeah. It is really um, harkens back to a lot of Marvel, uh, you know, big events that I remember from the past where the storyline isn't, while it's taking place across the entire Marvel universe. Right. But it's told in such a tight style that you're like, wow, I don't feel like I'm getting lost. I don't feel like I'm getting overstimulated at the same time. They're giving me just enough that when the book's over, you're like, dude, I can't wait for this next one. And you're just like, man, how are they going to (laughs) wrap this up? 
I mean, this is just really good writing. Uh, so along with Darth Vader, I got to say, guys, if you're not reading Secret Empire, do me a favor. You know, again, whether you go buy it digitally or buy it in book, pick up Secret Empire number zero, five bucks. Give it a yeah. read. If you like what's going on, then dive in. If you're like, ah, John, you're all wet. Hey, man, it was five bucks. At least he gave it a shot. If you're if you're one of our many readers or excuse me, listeners who've been kind of in the same boat as Ryan and I have been like, man, do we really want to get back into Marvel? But where do we start? What are we going to do? There's just all this stuff going on. Ryan, I found my place to start Good, man. back with Marvel. And that was with Secret Empire. Secret Empire. Absolutely Secret Empire. loving it. Um, got issue number four right here. I haven't started reading yet because I just picked it up a couple days ago. I am a little bit behind. I think five is out guys, uh, but I am behind. I'm, I'm on four. Yeah. going to read four, making a trick to the comic store this weekend. If five is there, which I expect it to be, I'll pick that up uh, as well too. Yeah. I know we're running short on time. I also want to give just a quick shout out to young blood. Number two, really loving what Rob Liefeld is doing with young blood. And that's not writing that book. Thank you. Uh, he is producing the book, but definitely letting his artist and his writer do their thing. Basically he does the cover art and that's it in terms nice. of the artwork thoroughly okay. have enjoyed the first two issues. Such a very cool idea. If you've never read a young blood book before, you don't have to, they give you yeah. enough little bits of backstory here and there to fill in the gaps. If you're looking for a cool superhero team book to pick up that's a little offbeat than your traditional X-Men, Avengers, Justice League, Suicide Squad, Defenders, all great titles, but you want something that's like, what were the 90s about? <laughs> <laughs> Pick up Young Blood numbers one and two. You're not going to get the big massive shoulder pads and pouches like you did in the 90s. Yeah, it's right. definitely a 2017 comic with just a little <laughs> sniff of the 90s. It's really cool stuff, man. It's only $3.99 a book, too. So, you, no, and, and uh, no ads. Uh, $3.99 a book. Hey, that's even better. No ads. Um, I've got issues number one and two on paper. Uh, again, you can get them digitally through Comixology or the Image Comics mm -hmm. app, either way. Uh, so there you go, man. That's what I'm doing in print right now. Darth nice. Vader from Marvel, Secret Empire, and Youngblood. Uh, and also this weekend, uh, I did do some research. Yes, shirt, Shirtless Bear Fighter is out. I will be picking that up this weekend Excellent. next show i'll have a quick review of shirtless bear fighter which love to hear that heck yeah man i'm all about a dude with no shirt on beating up bears that's very cool <laughs> there's there's two that i'll i'll bring up um i am i am wonderfully behind uh everything right now but uh i did make i at least purchased um digitally i did purchase volume two of superman rebirth and you um, will and you will love it you will love it. Yeah, it's the uh, yeah. Super Sons. Yes, uh, it is so good. Damon and, uh, and Jonathan mm -hmm. and uh, their relationship because I've seen what's coming in Superman currently, what's happening in Superman currently, and I am very excited uh, to get caught up because there is some cool things happening with Jonathan uh, in the, in the yes. current issues that I'm, uh, man, I saw some panels um 
very spoiler filled panels, but I, I tell you, I didn't pay attention too much, but at least I got a, I got a picture of the artwork on some of those panels of the newest Superman that's out right now. And wow, like uh, I can't wait to get there because that is some really cool stuff that, um, that's going on in that universe. And I tell you, the more I've been reading, I've never been a Superman fanboy. Um, but I tell you, reading rebirth has, you're becoming one now, aren't you? ignited it's good ignited stuff, the love man. for it it's man. good it's it's good writing uh, just hands down it's just good writing if you if you also if you jump, hold on real quick i want to ask you if you jumped into action comics yeah i have um i'm not getting caught up as fast with that okay. but i did read action comics when i got caught up completely with rebirth um i read action comics and i read the superman so awesome uh volume ones of those Very so cool. and i talked about those in a couple shows ago but those uh yeah, the action comics of the good guy Lex, like I'm very intrigued. Right? The Clark Kent that's not that's only Clark Kent, you know? Um hmm. and how is you that know, gonna right? get resolved, Ryan? You will find out, my friend. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I want I'd love to be able to dive back into there. So yeah. I'll probably dive back into action comics a little bit, but I tell you this uh this Superman series I'm I'm tied into. Speaking of the DC a universe, um there is uh, a Batman series that will be short, that will be coming that you and I talked about not too long ago, actually. And this looks um, tasty. And this, yeah, written by Scott Snyder. Um, and do you can you provide a little bit more details on it? You told me about it, and I got super excited. Yeah. About it, so, so right yeah. now, if you were to venture to your uh, local comic shop, um, you know, guys. It, side note, I, you know, it's funny. I give. Um, uh, I give Ryan some grief, you know, cause he buys a lot of stuff digitally and that that's cool. I do too. I still like, I still like the print. I still like the ink, the paper, fewer things. I love more than the smell of a new comic. Mm. That is a great smell. Oh my God. I'm not denying Joanna that. Joanna thinks all. I'm an, I'm an insane man because sometimes I'll be laying in bed. You know, we're laying in bed. She's maybe watching a little TV yeah. and I'm reading a comic and every once in a while I'll stop and just go, <laughs> And I'll smell the inside of my comic book and she'll just kind of look at me like, oh, you are a dork. Uh, but um, this is one I would I would like to recommend to you guys picking up in in physical form, at least the first issue, uh, just because it has a very, very awesome cover. Now, obviously, you'll get the cover if you buy it digitally. Yeah, the cover, you know, it it, it let's let's call it what it is. It's a gimmick cover. Uh, but it, it feels very cool <laughs> when you grab it. It's kind of hard to explain. It's just a very cool cover. Anyway, uh, there's a Batman series that, that basically is starting right now uh, as a sort of a, a intro slash prequel. It's called The Forge. It's called Dark Days, The Forge, number one. Uh, again, we're kind of going to go spoiler free on this one because we really want you guys to read this. Okay. We, it, when we make a recommendation, Ryan, I think you would agree. When we make a recommendation to buy, we don't do so half-heartedly because we know your comic book f- budget for all of us is finite, right? It can only go yeah, money, so far. Money is, <laughs> yeah. Right? Uh, we don't have just, I know you and I don't have money just to throw around at comic books all the time. No. It, um, if, if I could walk into yeah. my it's Samurai Comics and buy every comic on the shelf uh, every two weeks uh i would do so um i would quickly run out of room but i would do so but you know you got to pick and choose right and and maybe you got to hold off on a book which means you get a few issues behind but that's okay because in this digital world in which we live in back issues are always available right yeah so anyway 
Um, this is one that I really recommend that you that you guys purchase. And, and like I said, when I make a recommendation to buy, I don't do so half-heartedly. So when I say, hey, pick up Darth Vader number one, I mean it. I, I think you guys are going to be surprised. When I say buy Youngblood number one, I think you're going to be surprised and enjoy it. With Dark Days the Forge, we're building to a very cool story that's going to be taking place in the fall, where essentially we're going to have seven evil Batman come pouring in to the DC universe from the multiverse. So we know that there are good Batman in the multiverse. We know there are bad Batman in the multiverse. So somehow, some way, when the Flash and Batman got on their treadmill and started, you know, tearing ace through the through the the timeline yeah, using the, the speed, speed force, force uh, yep. they caused some problems. Uh, yeah, that was not consequence free. It seems like, and that's what yeah. that's what I speculated on with yeah. it. Was just man, like that could not have been consequence free, and it sounds like it was not in a very big way. And I love that. Correct. Like, like that is so, that's you know we've got one story tie in on the button, and of course chasing the button has ripped seemingly has ripped this hole in the speed force, and that opens up time and. Here we go. So Sounds, I'm yeah. going to give you guys uh, the company summary directly from DC. Okay. For Dark oh, cool. Days, the Forge number one. Okay. Is simply this. It's a, it's a $5 book. It's available now. You can get it both digitally and uh, in print, of course. It says, Darkness comes to the DC universe with the mystery of the Forge. Aquaman, the Flash, and more of DC's pantheon of heroes suspect Batman of hiding a dark secret that could threaten the very existence of the multiverse. It's an epic that will span generations, but how does it connect to the origins of one of DC's most legendary heroes? Uh, So basically, it's a summer event of 2017. It's going to be late summer going into early fall. Uh, so yeah, I'm very, nice. in, I'm very intrigued by this uh, yeah. because chances are it probably does echo back to flash uh, and yeah. Batman ripping through the speed force through the, the button storyline. Uh, we know that we have doomsday clock starting here soon where we're going to have a full on Superman versus Dr. Manhattan throwdown yeah. showdown between those two that will not bleed into any other book. Thank you DC for doing that. It's going to be a right. self contained story. I believe that's going to be a huge must read. I believe this storyline that's coming up with Batman is going to be a must read as well, too. So it starts with the forge. It basically kind of sets up the story and then it's going to go silent for a little while and then it's going to pick up again in a few months. So, yeah, uh, yeah very excited for that, man. Yeah, I think uh, we've got some we've got some really cool comics ahead of us and um, really good times, man. I'm, I'm I'm excited for I'm definitely excited for that Batman storyline and and catching up with Superman. I'm I'm really excited about that. So, um, dude, awesome comic books, dude. <laughs> comic books, it's good comic stuff, books, dude. It's good stuff, dude. So much, man. so much good stuff going on. Well, hey man, I think we need to wrap this up. It is super late on your end. It's late on my yeah. end. Reasonable Bliss, thank you for being so patient while you waited for this new show to come out. Uh, I was on vacation the previous week. Uh, yeah. Ryan has had some uh, career 
uh, opportunities that uh, have forced him to work. Oh my gosh, he's had to work, <laughs> so he comes home all tired and whatnot. So we are glad that we could be back with you. Um, so oh yeah, yeah, uh, good stuff. Hey, before we sign off, uh, we are proud to announce that we have a third show on Shut Up Dog uh, right. Productions, little tiny show uh, called Kaylee and Rex Talk Life. Rex Diamond, who's co-host of Saucy Riffs and Tasty Licks, him and his daughter, Kaylee, who is nine years old. She is cute as a button. Basically, the two of them sit down for about 20 minutes and just kind of talk about life. Uh, Two episodes in right now. One is nine minutes. One is 20 minutes. Um, Very cool. Very adorable. So if you want to hear a dad and a daughter just sitting and talking about pop music, in her dreams. I don't know if you got a chance to listen to it yet, Ryan. She talks Not about yet. her dreams uh, and bees. Um, <laughs> basically, an, an eight-year-old rambling is kind of what, <laughs> nice. what it comes down to, but it's super cute. Uh, you can find it uh, right now. It's only available on two formats. Uh, you can find it on SoundCloud and uh, Apple Podcasts. Simply search for K-R-T-L, Curdle. KRTL and you will find it. Nice. Hopefully the uh, podcast art has been updated. You're not looking at Rex's ugly mug eating a potato chip. <laughs> it was like the placeholder <laughs> art. And I'm like, oh, Hey good. man, I said, I hope that's not the real art. He's like, Oh yeah, I got to refresh that. So uh, proud to announce that new show. Who knows how long it's going to go. Uh, but yeah, we got a, a third little show on shut up dog productions. Kaylee and Rex nice. talk life. That's awesome. Anything else you want to you want to tell these fine folks before we before we depart? Uh, just what I tell them every week. Thank you for listening. It means the world to us. Um, if you haven't had a chance to do it already, I'm sure you have. But hit that subscribe button. It helps us out a lot. Um, give us a review on iTunes if you're just so amped up about this show that you can't hold it in anymore. Um, give us a review there. That'd be great. And uh, share it with your friends and and. Um, right in, you know, we're, we, uh, we love talking about fan mail and, and we hear from a few, we hear from pretty consistently from a few folks. And, um, if you're just, if you're just can't handle what we're talking about and want to disagree with us or want to agree with us, we, we love seeing you guys, uh, write in and tweet at us. We love it. So, um, keeps us, keeps us honest, keeps us interactive. So, um, you can find us at RFBPC, uh, on Twitter or on Facebook, reasonable fanboys. And, uh, we are at, uh, Oh yeah. Email reasonable fanboys at gmail.com. There you go. All right, Ryan, there it is. Let's call it. I am John lemmings. I am Ryan. And this has been reasonable fanboys. Thanks a bunch guys. (laughs) 